Clemmer Construction Company, local builder for local homeowners. Rot is not only troublesome, but can be costly and dangerous. Rot can cause portions of a building to sag and eventually fail, if not addressed in a timely manner. Clemmer Construction Company has decades of experience with rot repair and mitigation. If you notice your home has been compromised by weather damage, infiltration of moisture, ultimately causing rot, give Tom a call at 707-694-9479 or email any questions to tomclemmercc at gmail.com. All estimates are free. It is daylight savings time. Who's excited for that? Nobody. But for all you mountain bikers that love night rides with your homies, check out the Light in Motion Seika Enduro Light. This ultimate off-road light is much more powerful than just output. Seika features the most robust, compact, effective design for fast single track adventure seekers. Custom engineered optics assure no light is wasted. A penetrating LED array aids riders to distinguish obstacles well in advance in addition to a diffuse flood to illuminate directly in front of the tire to help in slow technical sections. With an IP67 waterproof rating, one meter submersible, with the external battery, Seika is built to last through the years of daily trail abuse. The Enduro Edition features the impressive six cell battery preferred for extended night adventure and solo adventure racers. So in this episode of the Water Dog and the Buffalo Sun, we are hosting a gentleman named Gordon Cooley. Gordon Cooley is the owner of Vertex Climbing Gym, which is a very iconic spot in Sonoma County for climbers, kids, and just fitness folks in general. It was a real treat having Gordon on here we talk about his approach to Vertex, his approach to business, life, Suzuki Samurais, the future of vehicles and fuels that power them, all sorts of stuff. He's a real sweetheart of a guy, and I can't wait to have him on again in the near future. Me and Tommy hope you enjoy it. It's so cool, dude. Being in the ocean is like one of the most humbling things you can imagine. I mean, we're uh, we're recording right now, but we okay, can keep cool. talking. But I just want to let you know that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah, that's sick as fuck. It's so humbling. I don't want to get in. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's scary as fuck. I mean, the the ocean kills you. It kills people. You know, like yeah. straight up, straight up. I mean, yeah. if you know, if drowning doesn't get you, or smack, get like a big old wave or a big old like surge, and then just getting slammed in the rock when you're mm-hmm. like free diving, going for that yeah. abalone. Yeah, you can get like knocked out. And it's then, like a totally different world, but on the same world. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> yeah. is. It's like it's as close to like going into outer space. I think you can on this like on this planet. You know, it's like yeah. the gravity is not there. I mean, gravity is there, but you're buoyant, mm-hmm. and like you know, all the creatures are just completely foreign. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's one of the spaces on Earth that everything in it lives in a three dimensional world. Yeah, whereas like. Yeah, we're three dimensional, but we live on a two D plane all yeah. the time. Yeah, we're always on the ground. Birds live in three D, but sure. <laughs> yeah, there's That's, no really up and down. I mean, aside from airplanes, helicopters, kind of shit, but but not on a daily basis. Yeah, right. no, that, that's actually a really clo- like keen observation for yeah. sure. Um, 
There's all, there's also a thing called like underwater farming. Have you heard about this? Where people no. are, they're farming things like kelp and yes. uh, oysters and uh, crustaceans of various types, like mussels and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But that's one of the main things they talk about How because do they do with the property. Uh, they lease it. The, so the property is typically owned by the state or like the the town next to it. And what they do is mm-hmm. they lease like a section. It's like it's like it sounds current. sick. Yeah. And so like you know, just like uh, mm-hmm. Nick's Nick's not Nick's Cove, but down there Hog Island Oyster Farm. It's like right. that's that's three that's that's underwater farming. But that's oh, one of okay. the things they talk about is that it's a three D structure or it's a three D shape. So it's like you're growing your kelp, and then you have then you have your mollusks that are growing on the kelp. And so you actually get so much more yield. You get so much more food out of like yeah. the same square footage. Yeah. yeah. That there was also something. Uh, oh, the there was somebody that developed a green energy that used waves to produce electricity. And it's like a of bunch that. of paddles like out there. I think they have them out in Santa Barbara somewhere, kind of off the coast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just uses the momentum of the waves to generate the electricity. Yeah, it's like so un- underutilized. It sounds great. Things, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Especially for like great. nobody really wants to be in the ocean by Santa Barbara because of the the <laughs> the oil. Yeah, the oil fill yeah, or the yeah. oil drills. Yeah, yeah. So derricks and stuff that are on oh, the yeah. coast. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like you go on a you walk on the beach in Santa Barbara and you, dude, you know, you, foot is fucking black. black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to like take it off with oil. Like you can't wash it off it with was, soap and water. Fuck, dude. I lived there for like for four years. Oh. So every time oh, I right. went there, dude, my just like chunks of black tar stuck yeah. to my foot yeah and it would not come off easy yeah no they say that's natural oil seepage they, they say that's not leaking from the oil derricks themselves like that just happens because the oil is that close to the surface yeah. i don't know if it's true or not because i feel like the epa would have a shit if yeah if like oil derricks are actually leaking that much oil but yeah right <laughs> I mean, it's producing so much gdp that oh, yeah. i'm sure it, things get oh yeah that's that's totally natural yeah. i mean <laughs> after we drilled the fuck out of it and yeah. it got it got it to come back up exactly yeah. now so, it's natural yeah yeah i don't know yeah have you heard i mean those oil derricks have been like i guess decommissioned like they're no longer oh, really? working huh. but uh hmm. but there's like this there's been this like really interesting fight between keeping them there and removing them for one it's it's very expensive to remove them so then the oil companies don't want to flip the bill but on the other hand the uh those oil derricks are some of the most productive reef lives in all of america so more life lives on these oil derricks than anywhere else like because they go down like 300 feet to the bottom of the ocean there there's Mm -hmm. layers there's like these different tertiary layers of of different types of plants and animals growing on them from big schools of fish to small schools of fish to Mm -hmm. crustaceans and stuff like that and so like because they want like people want to get rid of them because they look they're an eyesore um but there are also tons of animals living on it so it'd actually be like a environmental kind of catastrophe to go out yeah now that it's there type of thing exactly that was something that i've been saying about decommissioning and removing dams it's like yeah a great idea but how much downstream is now living because you have this dam in place or how much is behind the dam that is living because there is a dam there it depends yeah and once you let let it go yeah i mean there's gonna be some some devastation to some effect for sure like you can only let out a lake so far but then what happens to all the fish and all the things that are in the lake one Mm -hmm. and then once you get it down so far and you break away the dam 
then yeah. you're going to have an influx of water and then you're yeah. going to wash away a bunch of shit downstream too. Right. So, yes, right. They're, I, yeah. I don't know anything about decommissioning dams, but I would imagine that they would be able to get rid of the water or at least like drain it out first. So it's mm-hmm. essentially already drained, but then that ecosystem's not dead. Right. Right. Like that was a lake and now yes. it's no longer a lake. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't think lakes are as productive as like, say like just like a river. Right. Like not as many things live on them, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a really like, fascinating thing. Yeah. I think fishery yeah. person, someone like that, man, that I would love to have someone like that on here. Dude. One salmon. Day. Yeah. Salmon. Someone to talk to just about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, real quick before we keep going. Yeah. Um, what's your name and what are you working on, dude? Uh, I'm Gordon Cooley. I'm uh, people probably best know me as the owner of Vertex Climbing Center in Santa Rosa, Sonoma County's climbing gym. I've been doing that since uh, I've been the owner since 2013. I've been working in health and fitness and rock climbing since 2004. Um, it's pretty nice. much my life's work. Um, I love it to death. Congratulations, uh, dude! It's sweet. fucking Thanks. awesome. It's such a cool industry, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just a lot of accomplishments on your end. Thank you with with that. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, appreciate yeah. that. It's you know, it's a labor of love. Uh, climbing is an amazing sport that. Really, I've seen it change people's lives. Uh, but no, no joke. I've seen it like from the little, from the kid who goes to the gym for the first time and gets psyched. Flash forward five years down the road, that kid's a competitive climber, going around the world and climbing some of the hardest stuff around, and like just really achieving really great things. Yeah, that they would not be doing so unless they did that first trip to the climbing gym. Mm-hmm. So it's, and then from then to like a 30, 40 year old, you know, mom who's never been into fitness and just can't get psyched on Pilates classes or whatever, but she loves hanging out with her friends at the rock climb gym and then having that purpose of, okay, I, I'm right now a 10A climber. I want to be a 10B climber. Mm-hmm. And there's a very logical structure of progression that gets people super psyched and technique and technique, techni- like technician type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you climb something? What kind of gear do you use? Yeah, it's like a puzzle. Exactly. And, and it's a cognitive, like, problem-solving thing that's going on sometimes yeah. on the wall. Exactly. Yeah, it is just like, it's like a, it's a, it is a physical pu- puzzle. It's like, what, mm-hmm. like, you see people when, before they get on the, on a climb, they're looking up at it. Okay, like, okay, this move is, or this part of this climb is going to be a lie back. This is going to be front. This is going to mm-hmm. be that. So, it really is, it's like, how do you decipher the rock mm-hmm. and how do you move through this vertical space you were talking about humans living on this 2d plane this is like taking it up into that yeah other yeah that other dimension and <laughs> definitely it, and it's really a completely different movement discipline than like walking around running um, yeah on flat ground. or at least changing the plane to exactly. which you're on now yeah. yeah which is fun yeah it's that was something that because uh, so we moved out of coffee park obviously when things happen when the tubs fire happened and then we were coming back and i've always been a big gym guy i've from high school on just constantly in the gym Mm -hmm. went off to college found that i love going at 4 a.m so from 2015 up until covid i was going at 4 a.m four days a week every single week nice and uh and i 
and I met my girlfriend along for that how time. How long? Like a like over a year? You were doing that? No, for five years straight. For five years straight. Incredible. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's and awesome. So, you, is your routine is like you have your gym bag packed? You got your like protein yep. shake? Mm-hmm. You just basically wake up, slam some coffee or pre workout, mm-hmm. and hit the gym. Yep, and go straight that. to the gym. I love like that. no fucking around. It just get dressed, get the hell to the gym, yeah. and you put your headphones on, and you're just so in the zone because you have nothing else going on in yeah. the day. Yeah. Anyway, doing that, I met my girlfriend who never has been big into fitness. She's like gifted in just having a nice physique, yeah. a really nice physique. And uh, <laughs> she, I was trying to get her to get into fitness because most of the time we were just drinking and eating whatever. Sure. And she doesn't gain a pound at all. Yeah. So if she started doing something, she'd look like a freak of nature and I was trying to like kind of coax her into doing something athletic Mm -hmm. and the time was coming where we were going to move back and uh, she was all well when we move back to coffee park we'll I'll I want to go join Vertex so I think Vertex I love rock climbing I remember doing it as a kid and that was something she wanted to she was aspiring to come back to and then of course by the time we make it back into the house it's COVID yeah so what that kind of put a damper on it and I told her who I was talking to tonight on the show and she's like, oh man oh that's so cool like I can't wait to hear that one so it brings me to what has kept you guys afloat through all of this oh man yeah well because there are people that still want to obviously I'm sure, sure there's a oh, huge man. following for you, you guys gotta get that energy out and people are super um, invested in their ways of doing that. Yeah. And one of those core ways is climbing. Most definitely. In this area. Yeah, for sure. We have an amazing climbing community. People are incredibly passionate about the sport. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. whether you're whether you're just like a, a weekend warrior or you're living out of your van and climbing full time. Yeah. yeah. Like people are super passionate about it. And yeah, Vertex has built an amazing community. These people are yeah. really cool. They're doctors and lawyers and teachers and parents and kids and like I mean shoot I think our 80 our oldest member is like 85 years old and our youngest member is yeah and it's a couple um they come in together and they just like boulder around really slowly they're so sweet I love these people it's amazing Uh, and then like you know youngest member is like four you know Mm -hmm. it's like they were like this there's this like huge span of like life experience and like circumstance and kind of it's like this galvanizing force Mm -hmm. so that's really awesome that your wife um or your girlfriend yeah would like to (laughs) come come climbing uh you guys should just come by the gym sometime i'm there all the time i uh we are able so the government is now allowing uh, uh gyms to do private lessons and personal training okay so we can basically just do a private lesson with you guys awesome yeah okay i kind of fucked up and took away from his question though okay Uh, yeah what's keeping us up yeah yeah for sure yeah so i mean from a financial perspective i'm very fortunate that i had a successful business going into this i had no debt i had a bunch of money saved up and yeah (laughs) because and that's the recipe right that's the recipe right there i mean I, uh, yeah, I, if I had any debt or if I didn't have a year's worth of savings, mm-hmm. it would be curtains and, and you know, small businesses are closing every day, especially in California. And I don't want to shit too hard on California and the way that they handled COVID, but <laughs> it's an indiscriminate, pretty terrible. it's pretty <laughs> terrible. It's an indiscriminate <laughs> yeah. way of, 
of controlling the virus, like mm-hmm. at the cost of people's livelihoods, mm-hmm. and like that's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. So, mm-hmm. um, that yeah. W- so that, yeah, we, that was one of the biggest things in the gym's facet was that I was going to a gym that was sanitizing things far more frequently than a grocery store was. Yeah. Yet the grocery store never closed. I mean, that is essential, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But why can't? Why isn't my health and fitness or anybody else's? Why is that this, not essential? Yeah, yeah, but it totally is essential. I uh-huh. mean, and it's going to help yeah. you kick this the, COVID. Most definitely, it's, it's going to help you out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think what you speak to with uh, with the grocery stores, with Costco, with Target, with Walmart, like these big box stores, they're not following the mandates. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've been to a Costco lately, but it I is shoulder to yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go every three weeks, honestly. In the purple tier, they're supposed to be at 25% capacity. And remember in the beginning of COVID, they were following it where they had the yeah. lines yeah. and like the queuing up and all that jazz. And like, yeah, hella, I remember Home Depot doing that yeah, too. Hella anal about wiping yeah. shit down. But now it's yeah. like, whatever. My and thing isn't like, like, fuck Costco, fuck all that for not doing all that. My thing is like, what the fuck? Let people go to the fucking gym. Yeah. Well, I don't root. Don't like. Yeah, like, don't. I'm not talking bad about Costco because of all that. I'm talking bad about, dude. Let this person live their fucking life. Why can't they do that when this is doing that? Right. That's my outlook. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I mean, because I want to be able to go to the store how I normally go. Right. I don't. I don't don't want to be waiting in a fucking line. No, that's not what I want. I want to go normal. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Just like everybody does. Well, yeah. not everybody, but just like a lot of people do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, um, you know, it's like we've been following all the mandates. We haven't, we haven't dicked around with it at all. Like, yeah. like the whole like safety of the community is like number one, the safety of my employees. So like, I don't care if I get COVID, but if like somebody I know gets COVID because of some of my actions, I would mm-hmm. feel actually I like so shitty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the mandates of just gyms closed 100% without any type of like vetting process without going like say like if you implement a reservation system so you're only at 10% capacity and you have essentially 600 square feet per person mm-hmm. to, and you have like we do HEPA filters and it, like we have massive HEPA filters that recycle the air every two hours like in the entire gym. Was that prior to COVID you had those? Yeah, we had those because of the fires. We oh, got those okay. because of the fires. Um, okay. But then I got some even beefier ones from my friends in construction. They got some really, oh, really nice. beefy ones. Um, and yeah, if, if you follow protocols, like why shouldn't you be open? So yeah. mm-hmm. we are able to be open for kids programs. Uh, Good. Under the California reopening um, mandate stuff. You're allowed to run kids camps, which is like 12 or less kids in mm-hmm. like a group. So we're able to do that. That's actually keeping us afloat. Um, also, our members have been super generous. A lot of them have just said, yeah, just keep charging my membership. Like, I want you guys to survive this. So yeah. that has also been really, like, amazing. Cool. Right. Yeah. Good, good. But, yeah, slowly things are getting better. Every month we, we do a little bit more business, and mm-hmm. it's just like that flywheel effect. You know, you keep pushing on that flywheel, pushing on that flywheel, and eventually that flywheel just keeps going under its own inertia. So. Yeah. We Definitely. had that. We had that flywheel momentum. It was crazy how busy we were, how much business we were doing, how many classes we were doing, mm-hmm. and then it just like ground to a halt. And now we're just pushing it back again. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, 
I'm sure it's not easy sanitizing a whole rock wall, but <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, they, um, there's some cool studies that some good studies that show that COVID can't live on chalk. So it's essentially I've seen this. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram one day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. COVID doesn't live on chalk. That's what I said. <laughs> so like, so if we're using chalk, like we always do for climbing, it yeah. kills COVID. Um, and then in addition to that, what we are offering our like users is like a liquid chalk option, which was, which is free to everyone who comes in. So liquid chalk is 70% isopropyl alcohol in chalk. That's all it is. So nice. essentially it's Dude, killing, what the f- yeah. it's killing bacteria. So you, Sounds sp- great. you tie in, you squirt some on your hands, you like let it air out, hands are sanitized. So yeah. And then obviously masks and all that stuff. Yeah. And climbing is also a socially distanced sport. Like you're not, by design, you don't want to be too close to the person because if they fall, they're going to land on you. Yeah. So it's by like the whole sport and everything, it's socially distanced. What COVID has been good for is climbing outside. I've gone more outdoor climbing cool. Fair enough. this year than I have in the last three. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, you know, is it, do you know if the reason they're allowing more kids stuff because COVID is less uh, deadly in kids? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure the reasoning, but the, I think there's three major components to it. Kids are less chance of a vector. Uh, they're about half from what I've recently read is that they're like half is uh, um, contagious as an adult and mm. that changes around the age of 14. Okay. Um, it's a far less deadly for kids. Mm. Only 500 kids have died in the United States out of like 500,000. So it's like yeah. a very small number. And then also, uh, what is the last one? It's childcare and childcare is considered more essential than gym time. So yeah. it's weird. All they right. close the fucking schools, but they let you do childcare. I, I feel <laughs> sorry for all my friends with kids, dude. Like COVID has been straight up yeah. pretty bad. I believe straight it. Up. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't financially prepared enough and in a good state before all of this to have kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have any kids? Nope. No kids. No. Okay. Yeah. Thankfully not. Not at this yeah. point in time. One day for sure. Yeah. But, uh, right on. Yeah. It's nice being able to just kind of have the, the freedom to, you know, take a month and go on a road trip or whatever. Yeah. Do, definitely. Know. Yeah. What yeah. led you to being in, being the owner of Vertex? Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I found climbing in 2004. My first time I went to climbing, like went climbing. I've always been a gym rat, like since, uh, since high school football, mm-hmm. you know, all that strength training and stuff, like just clicked with me. I, th- I felt that like, I really drank the Kool-Aid when it was like, you can train to achieve something. And that achievement is, is like a new growth. It's a new level. It's you becoming a more capable individual. Yeah. So I was really into training and I found my buddy took me to Vertex for the first time and and um, I thought I was going to be hella good at it, honestly. Because How I was, old were you? I was 22, 21. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought I'd be like super good at it because I was a big meathead. But I, it turns out I actually sucked, and that the <laughs> and that it's a small man sport. It's yeah. not a bench press champion sport. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. The, but there's something about that, like of not being able to do it, that really resonated with me. That I was like, oh my god, this is like a new challenge. So I got really into it. Two months later, I got a job there because nice. I was there any day, every day of the week, and I did the calculations. I was like, man, I'm gonna save on gym membership dues. I'm gonna save all this money and make all this money. And then I started a business out of it. Like I started- Awesome traits of a business owner before they're a 
business owner right yeah. there. Yeah, doing an uh, yeah. up just an ROI. Yeah. And yeah, that's awesome that you did that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But uh, so, way. so we did that, and then I started a personal training company from the gym there. They didn't offer any personal training services, so started doing that. That put me through college debt-free. I was able to just train people. Nice. And it was really a fun, super fun gig and something that I do to this day. Yeah. And then um, uh, my, my uh, old business partner, Sarah McKay, and I, we were planning about... Uh, planning on opening our own climbing gym and we talked with the, mm-hmm. the current owners of Vertex. We're like, hey, we really love climbing. We want to bring it to more people. And they said, well, instead of building your own gym, why don't you purchase ours? And that was Mark and Janet, um, the original owners of Vertex. And they were like, it was a really amazing opportunity that yeah. I never thought in a thousand years that, so sick. that That's they awesome. would give us that opportunity. And so... Three years later, after doing our due diligence and everything, in 2013, we were, or 2012, we were able to buy the gym. Sweet. That's fucking badass, dude. Yeah. Thank That's you. a great story. Thank that, you. That was around the time where I was, oh, it was a little before that. I had, I had made a few visits there because nice. I had friends that were super into it because obviously we lived in Coffee Park. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's right <laughs> down the street from you. Ride, yeah. your, ride your bike there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And I mean, mostly the opportunity happened because I showed up and I was just yeah. like there a lot and just really loved it. Um, and since then, and since that time, it's like, we've really grown the community. We've rebranded and done a number of different improvement projects and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah. like, ultimately I, I think climbing gyms are a fundamental good for society. Oh, like yeah. gyms are, I mean, you, you get it as a gym mm. goer. It's like, look, we need more outlets for people to pursue like their physical well-being. Yeah. But what's great about a climbing gym is it also brings it in with, with our, um, with like social. It's like it's almost like a social club. It's like yeah. going to the bar or something and like chatting with your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it in a, doing something that's more of a. Oh yeah, there's the website. Yeah. And there's you. And there's me. Yeah. <laughs> not not the kid, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, Dan oh. shot all this, by the way. I can big props to Dan. I can yeah. smell this room. Yeah, <laughs> I can. The Straight smell up. is just oh, yeah. it's something <laughs> different. It, it's not dirty, obviously. It's just a good, like synthetic. Mm-hmm. It's raw. Yeah, it's just a raw, mm-hmm. a raw thing in there. Yeah, most definitely. It's fucking yeah. sick, dude. Yeah. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember because when I first went there, I was in elementary school. And I don't think I was even able to do like a pull up, but I could somehow manage to the top of the wall maybe twice in a day. Nice. And then towards high school, like you said, you're going to foot, you go to football, you're doing the weight training stuff. You're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, now it'll be easier. Nope, still can make it to the top <laughs> twice in a day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just something different about like this little like fingertip strength and right. balance. And then also you forget sometimes that. You need to use more of your legs than you do your arms. Definitely. Like you just yeah. like stabilizing with your arm and then you're more pushing off with a leg and definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's crazy, crazy strength. That's so underutilized. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, I'm sure you do, but what, uh, what similarities do you find when you're on your mountain bike and when you're doing this? 
I think the mental component is pretty similar, um, especially when you're doing like technical climbing on a mountain bike. Yeah. Like getting through technical hard sections yes. where you need to like hammer down and like pick a line and commit to and it and commit the line through your fucking hips, your core, yeah. everything. dude. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I got to pick that front wheel up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it complements climbing so muscles, well, though. Yeah. It's like so different, too. You know, it's like climbing yeah. is a little bit more of an upper body dominant activity. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, you need to have incredible, like the best climbers in the world have incredible single legged strength. They can do like pistol squats for, you know, sets of 30. Dude, and they the and they have crazy mobility. You know, it's like you need like being mm-hmm. able to put your your foot into your armpit, essentially. And like all this. So. So you do use your lower body, but you do you use it in a less intense load bearing way. Whereas like with climbing, it's really grip strength. It's really your flexor carpe muscles. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why it's just, it's just so specific of a type of strength to build. Yeah. Um, no other sport requires as much finger strength, finger endurance as yeah. climbing does. It's pretty, pretty wild. But to answer, to answer your question, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, I think mostly the mental component, but then also secondarily is like when you're on a climbing trip, you're in the mountains. Yeah. You got your mountain bike with you. It's like on your rest days. Yeah. You know, it's like you climb, you climb. It's like a beer with the pizza. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) They just go so well together. Yeah. Yeah. So you can like climb for two days in a row. Okay. We need to take a rest day because we're not going to, you know, we're not, we're not going to be making any headway if we're not fully recovered. Not the bike is a rest day. It's just a different day. It's like a different day. It's recovery exercise, you know, it's like totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like me and my girlfriend, we did, we trained legs yesterday. We did some heavy front squats and rear squats and Bulgarians. And then we went mountain biking today and boy, was it hard, but if like my legs feel way better yeah. because I got that like more like low intensity, long duration type of, you that know, I pedaled for three hours yeah. instead of, you know, sat on my ass. Would that be aerobic or anaerobic? What's that? The biking. The biking. It's, it goes in both. It okay. goes, it's, it's a, I'd say the vast majority of the time you're in aerobic zone. Yeah. But once you get your heart rate above 100 150 150 155 beats per minute like if you wear a heart rate monitor you're definitely in the anaerobic zone and the clock is ticking you can only do that for a couple of minutes at the most right before you're gassing so so yeah, yeah you it's really interesting with biking especially mountain biking not so much with, with road biking it's like these natural interval training it's like natural high intensity interval training just mm-hmm. the same shit that people like to like tout and like you know orange orange theory workouts or like whatever mm-hmm. workout class you do but it's a very natural version of that because it's like you're climbing and it's kind of hard you're at 130 beats per minute but mm-hmm. then it's like you hit a super steep and technical section where you have to like balance and cut out and so that's then, what i was mainly asking for is yeah. that balance yeah Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? That that balance, like, okay, you're about to grab on a wall, Mm -hmm. right? You're about to pick a line in a rock garden. Mm -hmm. I would imagine, I'm not a climber, but I would imagine that, but I have climbed, uh, it'd be kind of sort of similar in the approach to it. Like, okay, I got a plan for this. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm about to find this line through this rock garden right now. And if I want to challenge myself to make it from here to here and tell my buddies, like, dude, I fucking cleaned that section on March or I cleaned that section on two core or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. It's that that core mental kind of balance preparation there. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I think that is like an under 
understated uh, like aspect of climbing. Everyone thinks you have to be strong and crank out pull ups, but it is it's mostly balance. It's mostly body yeah. position and like being able to yeah. stabilize over just a few points of contact with the like the wall. Yeah. Like you're like holding on to like dime edges and you're or you're standing on dime edges and credit card fingers like Yeesh. and what really Damn, hold amazing. keeps you to the wall is just your center of mass and your in and being able to stay equalized on those three points and then moving through that and stuff. So it's, Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was a small hands thing, big palms, <laughs> but you got some fucking frying pan hands. So yeah. that's Thanks. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's different. So like my girlfriend, she's like I'm I'm a plus size climber, let's be honest. Like I'm I'm probably one of the biggest climbers out there. Right. And but, and you're not an ex you're not an extravagantly big guy either. Mm-hmm. No, so. I'm not extra I'm not extravagant. I'm no Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd like to believe, but, <laughs> but uh, like my like my girlfriend, she's 118 pounds. She's an absolute monster on the wall. She crushes, and mm-hmm. it's super cool seeing her climb because it's so different than the way that I climb. You know, right. where she just has strength to weight ratio, and I'm better at like bigger dynamic stuff. She's better at like balance, ticky tacky, very. Yeah. Technical, technical stuff, for lack of a better term, right? Yeah, technical, totally, yeah. for sure. Technical. I'm a big gross movement kind of guy. I like thuggish, yeah. thuggish style climbing where it's like you're like throwing and, yeah. and bumping and, and right. Th- yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. For big hands, like it depends. Like really, it doesn't really like all hands work for sure. Um, if for grabbing small holds and for really hard crack climbing small hands are better yeah. so interesting fact smaller digits yeah smaller smaller digits smaller everything the yeah f- interesting fun fact the first person to ever free climb el cap um on the nose was lynn hill and that was in like the early 90s and the reason why she was able to free climb it so free climbing just to be clear, is climbing using just your hands and your feet, not pulling on gear, not jugging up on ropes. So like literally just climbing all of El Capitan. That route goes at 513. It's really hard. Yeah, so she has no, like, the fall protection she has is she's setting as she's going? Correct. Yeah, okay. so she's using natural protection, cams, nuts, yeah. whatever, probably a couple of bolts here and there, but mostly just sticking things that are constriction devices within the crack. Um, so yeah. So, yeah, so that's the nose right there. And Lynn Hill was the first person to climb it. And the reason why she was able to climb it, one of the reasons, is she had small hands. And, like, there is some thin-ass cracks. Dude, and there's, there's – so, like, the crux pitch, that's Tommy Caldwell. He's definitely my favorite climber of all time. He's a – Oh, no uh, shit? Yeah. This he, guy right here? Okay. He's, he's, a, he's yeah. a good dude. He's just, like, a solid solid dude who's climbed some of the hardest stuff on El Cap for sure. Um, but – um, yeah, so one of the, the crux pitches of the nose is called the Great Roof, and it's like a 25-foot-long section where you have to, like, stick your hands into, like, this super thin crack, and you're just, like, shimming across it with, like, and pasting your feet, and it's 513. It's, like, insanely hard. It's like, I, yeah, and the only reason why she was able to do that is because she uh, had tiny little hands. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But, yeah. That shit... And that's out of tunnel. I'm, I'm cool with like standing on top of a, a building mm-hmm. and like kind of being on the edge or walking the top plate yeah. twenty, just is, a mere twenty feet up. You know, mm-hmm. with, is that considered with, crack with no climbing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. that's he's not like in the crack. So yeah, he's, more so if it was like facing him, right? Yeah, like kind of like so. So like crack climbing, like your traditional straight in crack climbing, you're going to be using your hands as like wedges. He was more like lie backing. Is that technique is called? Yeah. 
But yeah. Yeah, but that that just makes my hands sweat just walk, looking yeah. at that. For me, honestly, I, I've always had a thing with heights. Like, I've never been, like, I, like, get close to an edge or something. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a little scary. So, for me, climbing was kind of empowering to be able to, like, overcome, mm-hmm. like, that little bit of fear. Um, but it's, it's, it's still there. But the thing is, is that with climbing, you trust your gear implicitly. Like, you set good gear. You double, triple check everything. You know, you move slow. When you get scared, you move slow. And you just like take your time and everything's good. And so you can fall. You And I've taken some pretty big falls in my day and you're going to be okay. Like the rope's not going to break. Your harness isn't going to break. You're not going to pull out all the gear that you placed. Yeah. Like, because what's, what's the shit. test of the, of the rope? Oh, like what's the load rating? Mm-hmm. I think they're usually around like six kilonewtons, which is somewhere around like I mean, you should bust out a kilonewton cal- calculator, but I think that's in the tens, like in the five thousand pound range, four thousand pound range. Yeah, it's been so long since I've done that conversion. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> since, but it, since every, physics. <laughs> yeah, physics, mass times acceleration. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Like more of a unit of force than a unit of weight. So, right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so most climbing gear is rated to around like six to. 12 kilonewtons mm-hmm. if i can if that's correct i'm yeah. pretty sure that's correct so it's, yeah on a very steep like exponential high factor of right. what a weight of even a heavy person a heavy would be. person even yeah for sure and like things some of the things um yeah 1350 right there there you go 1350, six kilonewtons yeah. to yeah. pounds okay cool yeah so the thing about uh, rope climbing gear too is it's pretty it's pretty advanced these days. Like climbing mm-hmm. shoes, holy crap! They they have gotten good. They're like incredible. Like, I even have some cheap ones, and dude, yeah. it was amazing when I climbed with those things for the first. Mm-hmm. Like my own, it's almost like bowling. For, I was a, I'm a bowler. Oh nice. Um, yeah. Before all you guys that want to talk shit about it, <laughs> no, uh, no not awesome. you, but people out there like this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I talk uh, a lot of shit about bowling. Wait, I mean, is it a sport? Are we considering it a sport? Or is no, it no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I just like bowling. Uh, which kingpin recently? Is is know. darts? Nice. Is cornhole sports? Yeah. No, I don't know what they are. Sports. I no. just know that I'll fucking kick your ass. They're drinking games. Yeah, you, you drink right? and you do them. Anyways, yeah, it's kind of like bowling in the sense. Once you get your own shoes or any of the any of these sports, yeah, yeah, they're sports. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you you get your own shoes. Golf is like, barely it a blew sport. My mind. I was like, oh my god, this is a whole new fucking deal. This is a yeah. whole new deal. Yeah, you have your own ball as well. I take it. Yeah, yeah, I've had my own ball for a long time. It has a crack in it, and I bowled it with a crack in it for like two years. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I love bowling, man. I, when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in Runner Park, and uh, we got double decker lanes down there. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my best friend Alan Shu, we uh, we got ourselves a membership. So like the bowling nice. alley was doing like youth memberships during the summer, and it was crazy because we were great. like the only two kids who did it. But we would ride our bikes to the bowling alley, and we bowled every single day. Yeah. for an entire. I would summer. love bowling if I did that as a kid too. Was, <laughs> I really would have. Yeah. I would have been so into it. You get into it. I mean, like you get. I am. Yeah, we got kind of good. I mean, we were rolling yeah. like high hundred games, like on the on the regular at yeah. like fourteen years old. So that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We actually golf with uh, the owner of Double Decker every Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. How are they doing? Terribly. I'm he's sure. he's 
he's still got a business, but it's like can they do like, any business? No. I love no. that place, dude. They have a full bar. Yep. They yeah, do karaoke. It's awesome, it's awesome there. Yeah, that awesome. place is a gem. Even if like, you're not on a bowl. The last <laughs> the last time I went there was because they they have open mic nights. Yeah. for comedy in the bar Perfect. area nice. and I was like I was just about to like We're gonna try to, I was gonna try to come up with like a five minute set and I was like I just gotta go see some of these yeah. open mics just to see what it's like and uh, and that was I think like January of 2020 right. so it was like I went to one or two and then yeah yeah, here we are yeah. <laughs> so it was it was cool going there and kind of seeing the crowd and going yeah. to see the like on a league night or whatever, it's mm-hmm. jam packed full of people. But oh sure, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's. So they, he still has a business. Mm-hmm. They're he's a, still able to do any business because it's indoor recreation, which is a different class of business than gyms. So right, they're, they're even under tighter control. Yeah, than yeah. What he are. from what I've talked to him about, there's nobody in that place. He's had to let go. I think all but one employee, but he's able to keep. Fuck. He's able to keep the building and keep the business name kind of thing just afloat right. with with PPP loans and yeah. SBA shit. So yeah. I think he's doing okay for now, but I think time's ticking. Dude, so. you got to do something for them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because, yeah, whether I like bowling or not, it's it's something that should stay around because poor Windsor bowling, that folded under, right? I have no. I don't Did know. They? I don't um, know. I, th- I that's thought they went. Court. I thought they went tits up. That place but. is also great. I mean, it's a, it, that's an awesome bowling. Alley. Have you guys done the escape rooms that they've had no. upstairs? Have, have you? you? Seen? No. Yeah. Oh, what? Shit. Yeah. They had those there. Yeah. 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 The fuck. When what you I... were going, when I was bowling with your mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the <laughs> upstairs. So so every year we do like a Christmas party for Vertex employees and all that jazz. Two years ago, we went to the Epic Center to go bowling, and it's like I'm not gonna talk shit about it, but it's not real bowling because no, they don't, they're on strings. And it's shit. on strings. It's not. It's they not don't recycle, bowling. so you don't get the same pin action. Yeah, as a bowler, pin action is important for isn't a ten year old. Isn't it narrow? Isn't it narrow lanes too? I don't they have narrower and shorter? Something like it's, that. It's just not regulation. Shorter, yeah, it's not, not regulation. regulation. No, yeah. for sure. So we did that two years ago, and then the year after that, we're like, screw that noise. Let's go. Let's go to Windsor Bowling. So we did Windsor Bowling, and then we did the Escape Room, which was super fun. It was like you know, there's one that's Egyptian crypt theme. So it's like you're in like an Egyptian tomb. You're like a archaeologist, and then like you touch that's something, and the sick. tomb door closes, okay. and then you got to solve these 27 pu- puzzles to get that, out. That sounds that sounds awesome. so yeah. much fun. It Fuck. is. You dude, do that while. God damn it. Remember that? Dude, before COVID, <laughs> that shit was fun. Yeah. Oh, I would have. I remember looking or hearing people doing escape rooms and stuff, and it was like just coming about. And all I could think of was the only way I could relate it in my mind is thinking of Qzar, yeah. but then the rooms and the hallways like lock, and you have to figure something out to get nice. out. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wish. I just wish all that shit would come back. Me too. (laughs) It will. It's what's, yeah. uh, This is like one way that I frame this whole like pandemic and being a business owner is that in the long term, I'm good. My business is like un Amazonable. Amazon can't deliver the experience that I provide to the, to to my customers. But in the short term, we're getting hammered. You know, we're just Mm -hmm. getting like totally screwed. So, yeah, bent over a barrel. Yeah. As long as we can get through this, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, did you take that photo back there? Mm-hmm. Where is that? Is that on the east side of the Sierras? That looks like Bridgeport. 
Mammoth, baby. Mammoth. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Mammoth. Dude, uh, mono Basin is like right behind me. Okay. And maybe like 10 minutes north. But nice. Dude, that's yeah. a sweet photo. That Thanks, looks like man. freaking... That's you know? cool you called it. That's why I knuckled you. Yeah. Oh, I mean like I... For, for a long time, when as a climber, it's like the east side of the Sierras is like the, you know, it's the, the Mecca. The Mecca. <laughs> it's the Mecca. You got to make your pilgrimage every for year. For a lot of things. For a lot of things. For hunting, right? Fishing, yeah. hot creek, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mountain 100%. biking, snow I would skiing, love a mountain bike out there. Shit. Dude. Yeah, I'd love to do I haven't done it yet, yeah. but I'd love to. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do more destination uh, fishing and cycling for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Mountain biking first, but um, yeah, the uh, the hunting thing now for he and I in particular is it needs to change. Awesome, now. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys we uh, for? Well, we recently have come across a newfound uh, savings every year in the in the realm of like two grand. Really, we we belong to a hunting club and our rights were just revoked like in the last month. Why? And it's like a local. Did they uh, kick you out because yeah, yeah. All right. because, because it's all right. We'll suck. explain it. We're shitty tenants. <laughs> we fucking light fires and shit. Yeah, that's why. So <laughs> it's like a life. It was like a. <laughs> it was like a fifty, uh, probably now seventy year lease. Uh, yeah. My gr- my grandfather leased it back in the fifties from this cool. landowner and had been hunting up there far, obviously before I was ever around and. Yeah. Uh, the lease just kept rolling over even between landowners and shit. And then the most recent landowner, my grandfather's passed away as of, I don't know, uh, eight years ago. And so the, the lay of the land kind of got a little hazy, Mm -hmm. but we were able to figure it out with another elder that was part of our group that was Mm -hmm. now in contact with the landowner and we kept our lease going. And then, as of this year, the landowner, he's an elderly man. He's probably in his 80s. Lost a barn in the last fire. Yep. He's and, got a lot of things yeah. going on. Okay. And, uh, and so he basically invoked his will before he passed away and gave, his, gave the land to his daughter, to which his daughter and her husband said, yeah, we don't want anybody else hunting up there anymore. Right. So whether it for liability reasons, whether it for selfish hunting reasons, it's... I'm sure it's a number of factors. Yeah. The liability is huge. Yeah. We, in the last two, three years, we we were covering our basis by... uh, Getting your own insurance? Good faith. Yeah, we got our own insurance policy as a group. Uh, We signed a a release of liability that was... It wasn't like a legally written one, but we signed it saying... Right what we would none of that stuff is ironclad even if like we have a release of liability and it is written by a lawyer but it's not i mean you can't sign away your rights to sue that's the thing it's like more of like a good faith document Mm -hmm. yeah yeah as much as you can right yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that's the unfortunate reality i think uh i'm a a big proponent of like open spaces for the public and we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, yeah. but like 90% of it is private and you can't access it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what we do have is incredible. I and mean, Annadale is an incredible yes. gift. Um, you know, all of our regional parks, I'm a huge, big shout out to regional parks, mm-hmm. but like, I got a peace sign out there. Yeah. So I had to throw it up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but that's, that's the real issue. I think is that you, the United States is such a litigious society of like liability and suing and, whatnot yeah. that like all the cool shit is just shut down for fear that you may lose it due to some dude breaking his ankle there and then yeah. suing you and, it, oh, yeah. and, and really? sadly it yeah. does happen 
and that's actually I built a bathroom for the Jenner Headlands. Yeah, and oh, no. you built that? The, yeah, the I big brick shit house. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Got, like some cool like s- like steel work on it too, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, the, all the handles and shit, and then like the rock. Yeah. The, it was like yeah, a, that's it was a real like, shit house right there. It that was like a solid. cinder block shit house, and then, they co- and then they coated it. <laughs> you want that thing to last beyond oh, dude. the apocalypse? It's a, it's, a, it's a bomb bunk. It's a bunker, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, know I know where I'm Yeah, it's got like one big plastic like shit tank underneath it, too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yep, I remember when it was just a hole. And uh, when, we, when we were putting that thing in, there's somebody, I, I would love to blow him up right now because if I remembered his name, He's like the biggest piece of shit in Sonoma County that he's in a wheelchair and how he makes money is he goes around and he sues people that yeah. doesn't follow the ADA, ADA regulations yeah. for handicapped people. Yeah. Whether they're necessary or not for the Things place. can be yeah. off half an half inch an, yeah. and it could... It's like and countertop height. It's everything. It's yep. with handlebars. handlebars yeah. yep. It's the most yeah. shitty things. And it's like, dude... You, he literally has nothing better to do because he's a miserable fuck. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like the people like that yeah. have almost no place in the world. Yeah. It's, there, I, I've, I've actually have heard of that guy. And in the, building like new, no like shit. building my gym and stuff, they're like, like all the ADA stuff is, it's insane, dude. Slopes. No, no greater than three to three degree slopes. You know, like everything's got to be like mm-hmm. just perfect. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to sue you for having rock walls not ADA compliant. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, they, I've heard of this other guy who kind of like similar, total piece of shit. Like he uh, he goes around and he sues. Like he's put a couple of gyms out of business in Sonoma County for suing them for being like essentially sexist, like not allowing male members. So there's a th- there's a such a thing as like women oh, only like work the out. curves gyms exactly like curves oh, gyms. I there was that. the one that was behind Powerhouse slash Gold's Gym on Fourth Street. Right, I forget what that one that, was called. Yeah, but. I forget what it's called too. But mm. that's why they went out of business is because some he's like I want I'm here for a membership and they're like sorry we, this is for women. And he's like. Well, oh, you know, fuck, you, fuck you. You'll be yeah. hearing from my lawyer. And they're like, Holy what the fuck? And Jesus dude, Christ. just put him out of business. What a man. fucking scammer. It's like, come on. Yeah. You know, like if a, if a private company wants to, you know, have this niche, especially like women only gym, how can you hate on that, dude? Like, yeah, because we don't want a creepy dude in there in our goddamn workout room while, yeah. we're, while they're all wearing skin tight <laughs> clothes and just want some comfortability. That's why we're at fucking curves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what That's I mean? That's like... like we chose to we choose to be here because of the yeah. yeah that's crazy shit. that's like uh i don't know that's it's like if blm didn't accept white people and white people were trying to join blm and then <laughs> yeah. they sued blm it's like yeah. dude shut the fuck up like even a more you have no pot to piss in analogy would be fitting mm-hmm. more yeah yeah just like you as a man you want to come like Intervene in an all women's thing. You fucking yeah, get out of here, you creep. Dude, like just let sure. them have it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the hunting thing. So, what do you guys? Do you guys deer hunt? Do you guys primarily primarily turkey? As that's well? Dan's deer from last year. <laughs> the last one taken of our club up really? at our camp. Yeah. Oh, nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. How'd you get all the uh, soft tissue off of it? Did you use the beetles? Boil, yeah, boiled the shit oh, out of it. Really? Yeah, wow, that's a big pot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I went and bought it at the Mexican market. Nice, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I've always wanted one, yeah, and uh, and I've seen them at Castaneda's in Windsor. Yeah, and I was like, dude, 
I want one of those. And then I got that. It's like, oh my God, finally, I'm, I have a, more of a reason besides making pozole right. in this thing to buy this. <laughs> so yeah. I sat there and boiled the hell out of it and scraped it. Scraped yeah. it, scraped it, scraped it, dude. It was actually pretty disgusting. Yeah, and it's a process. Have you heard about the beetle? Yeah, yeah. I when I got my deer, I was looking. I did the same style European mm-hmm. mount, mm-hmm. and that's what it's called as a European mount. Oh, is it when the, uh, when it's just uh, the like skull with no backboard or whatever. Uh, it could have a backboard, yeah. but when it's just not necessary, it could. Tex- technically, oh. that's taxidermy versus, but. The but the shoulder yeah, neck the shoulder yeah. mount. Got it. Um, and then as, and also opposed to somebody just cutting off the top of the skull. Yeah. Where they just have like the, the cap of the, the right, skull with the antlers. Right, yeah. That's a European where it's the full skull. Cool. Um, I like that. Sure. Well. Nope. As long as I want anything but the fucking Jim Beam. Jesus Christ. And uh, I was looking at this table and I was like, wow, these are, you know, these are, these are some classy guys right here. And then I saw the Jim Beam. No, that was, that was our time and place for that though. There is. There is. Like when we were talking about Sasquatch. Yeah. Um, That's a Sasquatch. But yeah, just get like a, the, the best set when I did mine, I'm surprised you seem to figured it out, but Harbor Freight has a stupid little like ninety cent like pick set, and yeah. it just sit there and you like just scrape because I needed after that, after the honestly. meat mm-hmm. after the meat like falls off and you can like pull it all off you're yeah. left with a membrane. Oh yeah, that yeah. it's that, covered like, in like a like a cartilaginous mm-hmm. or kind of like sinewy kind of like, yeah. like a tendon and but so it's like all over the bone yeah a really so, hard tissue a yeah. really hard something there. and yeah. so when you're doing it. You're actually trying not to overcook it because you'll make the bone the bone brittle, but you want it. You want that cartilage, that membrane, soft enough to where, right. and you'll boil yeah, the really, teeth out. Which you can always glue them back. My my papa told me that he's boiled teeth out on accident, mm-hmm. uh, but you can always glue them back. But that's another thing you're trying to avoid by doing it. You have to mm-hmm. check it frequently. And, oh wow, dude! Yeah. I boiled that motherfucker for hours. Right, it's hours. a day process. Just oh, to yeah. once you get it down to that where it's just the membrane and like a little bit of brain tissue. Yeah, it's a day process. Jeez. But when you're that's in a hunting weird. destination like Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, all these all these places. There's guys out there that have it down to a like a really efficient process. Right. They can you know, do multiple skulls at a at a time. Right. They'll charge you fifty bucks, seventy bucks to do it. Mm-hmm. If I had someone around here that would do, I, I'm not gonna. I'd rather do that than do it myself. Sure, it was. Yeah. It's gonna I, turn out better, dude. I'm down. To, I'll. I'm the first one to raise my hand to help you skin your buck or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? I'm down to do that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the brains and all that shit. The things that come with the with the head, it grossed me out a little bit, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I get it. I've done it. I would do it again if I had to. But I mean, if someone's gonna charge me fifty bucks to do this, yeah, my yeah. I'm gonna set my pride down and let the sure. fucking person yeah. do this thing. I'll spend fifty bucks on something way less useful. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll yeah. fifty bucks on. What the yeah. fuck? Did you end up giving the tongue to Chuck? Did Chuck take the tongue? I don't think. No, no, no. no we never cut it out. Huh. No. But I wish I did. In hindsight, yeah, I wish we did have that tongue. Uh, Langua. Yeah. Right? For sure. It's fucking delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Langua tacos. The texture is a little different, you know? It's nice. It's... Yeah, I think it's it's all in how it's prepared. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you could you can yeah. get it to where it pulls apart like pulled pork. Really? Yeah. yeah. Instead never, of like 
most of the time I've ever had it, it's chunks, right? Yeah. I always get it. Yeah. If I do get it, it's at like the taco truck in, in Roseland. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. and it's, uh, it's okay. That's not my favorite though. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Roseland. Yes. There is a taco truck over there on Sebastopol road just past uh whiskey tip a little ways mm-hmm. and it's a red one. It's not the orange one that everybody yeah. always talks about. It's a red one. It's called El Pelon. Mm-hmm. They may have birria tacos. That's that are fucking that delicious. What is this? Birria? Birria. Birria? Yeah. Birria. Double R I A. Okay. And it's basically a taco that has a certain kind of pasole or uh, like red sauce that it's dipped in. Mm-hmm. And then the tortilla is fried. Nice. And then they have like a marinated shredded meat. And then they put it all together with onions and cilantro. Nice. And you're supposed to dip it into, uh, I forget what the fuck that soup is called. Not pasole. Uh, no, it's, it starts with a, yeah, that Mole? stuff. Uh, no, it starts with a C and I forget what it's called. That, uh, go up, go, up, uh, those two right above the picture you have open. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Where they look a little. That one's a, a quesadilla. Oh, try it. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. That Ooh. one has cheese in it, so it's more like a quesadilla. And yeah, that so place has like that place El Pelon. Oh fuck your face! It's Is that good. good. Wow, yep. that looks incredible. Oh yeah, dude. Deep fried tacos. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Birria tacos and okay, so the, it's the red one, not the orange one. Yeah, Is it's it red. More up the road, like more mm-hmm. down Sebastopol Road. On the uh, left that no, so again? from Tommy. El Pelon, I believe, and it's got like a little, a, a little uh, caricature of this guy, of this like bald guy with a goatee. He looks oh, like me, oh, but that's why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that place? No, no. shot in the dark, but yeah, yeah there's probably a few of them. Uh, yeah. yeah, just look up like El El Pelon. One of the things I love about that Sebastopol Road is the sheer Santa Rosa. Di- Sebastopol Road is. The sheer density of taco trucks and oh, places yeah. to go get food. It's yeah, it is a cornucopia of just like culture. Like, yeah, there's yes. so many cool little stores and yeah. stuff. Like whether you want to go get like vintage records, like there's a co- really cool vintage record store. And clothing, clothing, yeah. all kinds all of all kinds shit. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a great little part of town. It's like I think it's a gem of yeah. Sonoma County. There's, it really is. There's nothing yeah. else like it in the North Bay. It's like, easy to talk shit about, but once you're there, it's hard to not have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And love, of all people, Alec loves going there. Yeah. He loves the taco trucks. Yeah. And, 1410 Spaspool uh, Road. Yeah. I took my girlfriend there for Valentine's Day. It's actually like a really nice that sounds spot. like super fun. Like yeah. a super cool, different experience. Dude, there's like, it, there's like mariachi bands playing. There's like, like yeah. guys like selling flowers on the street like it is it's like stepping into a different world it's like not oh, Sonoma yeah. County so yeah it's, it's really cool awesome. it's very vibrant yeah and speaking of good to well good tamales on that place yeah is uh tamales mana right that there on place is on so Dutton good, it's literally a dude yeah. with a van and a cart nice and he just is in the parking lot where the jack-in-the-box is on Sebastopol Road okay. in Dutton yeah uh-huh in that parking lot, and they opened super. a place here in Windsor for a short time. Dude, mm-hmm. it was a it was called Cocina Mana, oh. and it was right by Oliver's. And yeah. dude, I I went there. And yeah, I, that's yeah, the one. This place, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that those tamales are the closest, if not 
the same as homemade. No fucking pictures. Yeah. See, they, they oh yeah. Have, but but that's his card, you, Dan. That's his card. <laughs> you should shoot the shoot them an email. There. Yeah, it's nice and big too. <laughs> that's him. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, it, and it's in Spanish. Maybe they don't need help. Maybe they're just busy as shit. I'm sure they're busy as fuck. Yeah. Need any help? I don't know. I mean, if they got some like fancy ass photos, they could probably charge more. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And have like you know. But they, I don't want them to price out their current market. That would suck. That's yeah. true. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. That's so true. there's ethics involved, man. There's ethics. I know. In, I know. In art for sure. Still, oh, yeah. I could fucking eat Mexican food every day of the week. Me I do. Too. <laughs> I mean, like, I most often I do. <laughs> yeah. When I'm on a job site, it's for sure every day yeah. tacos. Yeah. So you're you're a general contractor. Mm-hmm. Licensed. Yep. Nice. One hundred percent. I got yeah. a lot of friends who are unlicensed general contractors. It's a thing. Yeah. They're like, it's, oh, I'll build your shit. This like, we're just not going to talk about it. It's yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas, like, every time my buddy calls me to like do something, he's like, oh, you want to come? It's like a little bit of electrical work. Can you do it? And it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to take like a little bit of electrical work. I have <laughs> yeah. to take yeah. electrical and something else to yeah. like, if you want it to be licensed and permitted kind of bullshit. So right. it's, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. basically, I, I don't mind doing anything that isn't permitted. It's mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, there's small enough things that the sure. yeah. city or the County no doesn't notice. Yeah. Ooh, I just fuck off. Yeah. But like, if we're doing a room addition, we're doing a remodel and all this other bullshit, like how long you, my next follow-up question is how long you plan on staying here right because if you go to sell this thing then you're gonna have a problem right yeah Yeah. and 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 i'm gonna deny that i ever fucking did it so (laughs) does that come from the appraiser or like like where is the Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean like can you can you just like like say you do a room addition say you like convert your garage into a bedroom or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's unpermitted like where does the problem come like i know for sure you can't uh, you know, state in the MLS that hey, it's now it's a, three a bedroom. six bedroom yeah. house because it, of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen things on uh, on like MLS or Zillow or whatever that they they've taken a bedroom and they pretty much like blocked off the the garage door and it's just yeah. another like room. But uh, where rooms get tricky is it's considered a bedroom if it has a closet. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. so otherwise it's an office. And therefore, you, it's not con- it. It doesn't necessarily the the house for say like a rural property mm-hmm. wouldn't have to fall under the number of rooms for the septic system. Oh, so office. so if it the septic system is yeah. approved for say a two bedroom, right. but you have two bedrooms in an office, right? Hmm. That makes sense. I see. You can get away with it yeah. that way. Yeah, that's just like the little like kind of side Ninja. corner shit yeah. that you can do yeah. but cool. yeah I it's fun doing all that shit mm-hmm. I love it it's yeah. uh, I love planning and looking at things and helping people out I feel like I'm helping people but because oh, yeah. uh, the better part of me like I don't want to charge anything at all I just have so much fun doing it but at the same time I I gotta eat. (laughs) I gotta eat. So uh, I I definitely try not to overcharge and cool. Just just a fair wage. Yeah, I I take it you've been pretty busy during the pandemic. Like it seems like like thus far. Yeah, um, mostly do residential or mm -hmm. yeah yeah the the pandemic started right around the time where I was making the leap away from working with my dad and Mm -hmm. working towards my own license and. 
my mother was going through a hard time with her contractor because I didn't have my license yet and my mm-hmm. parents are divorced. Oh, okay. So she didn't want my dad to do it even though I was working with him, that sort of thing. She didn't want to mix that. And so she went with another contractor who ended up being the biggest piece of shit in the world. Really? Yeah. And uh, still to this day have like collection agencies coming after my mother for it. And Really? Oh, yeah. And even though... Even though we've had, I've had a, I've had my dad walk through, help me pinpoint out what he did wrong, mm-hmm. where we, we weighed how much he said we owe him, and I said no, 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 this is how much shit I have to fix, right. and what I ended up fixing by the end of it. So, we, I went in there and then on a Homer or a, an owner, owner contractor, permit. Mm-hmm. So basically, the owner takes over the liability of the home being built properly. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I didn't need a, I didn't need a license, but everything else I had right. to bring in licensed contractors. Right. So we did everything that way to save coin, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, pretty much just consistently battling this fucking guy because he's yeah. saying that we owe him money, and it's like, dude, you made us, you made us backtrack to what right. you said you were supposed to do right yeah so that's Dude, that's sketchy and then yeah. ever since and then after that i was like all right i'm gonna knuckle down get my license and because nice. i'm tired of and it was like that was probably the fifth or tenth story that i heard in coffee park of people getting taken oh, really? advantage oh, of this is specifically in coffee park oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i think with probably up to five different contractors too really that yeah. were just coming up here and thinking they'd it's they, like a predatory style like they, they know there's like a huge demand yep like and there's a lot of people flush with cash due to like their their insurance payouts yeah or there's those who had that never updated their insurance yeah to the more recent and so they were mm-hmm. severely underinsured for some of the yeah. shit they had and yeah. then there's contractors some- came in with like really good prices people are like oh my god you're trying to build this for cheap mm-hmm. come to find out they just straight up underbid it because they came from a different area and thought oh, material really? labor cost was the same. was the same as the say modesto. like yeah modesto <laughs> stockton sacramento yeah no 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 dude yeah. welcome to sonoma county yeah. and they were underbid by probably a hundred thousand dollars easy Dang shit wow and then so what they do they, they eat that cost or they just don't they tried to keep rolling things over a lot of them got caught diverting funds meaning taking other people's money to finish other projects and just keep that nice little Ponzi scheme style. Yep. Yeah. Pe- like Robin <laughs> Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, yep. Sure. So, and that's super fucking illegal, even to the, <laughs> even on the license yeah. board. And, uh, that's why contractors have to hold what's called a license bond. Mm-hmm. And that license bond is basically, there's like a mini insurance for anybody that you try and fuck over. And if somebody reports you to the licensing board, they can come after that little license bond of yours and you cannot work without a license bond. Okay. And it's even harder or more expensive to get your next bond. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On top of having to carry insurance too. Right. So, yeah. Dude, that is wild. That is crazy to hear about. Like my, my girlfriend, she, she lived in coffee park and the Mm -hmm. 2017 fires and stuff. And just hearing about her experience and vertex, my business is just outside of coffee park. And I was on a, I was on a trip to Yosemite that day I had no internet service like the night of the fires. And so I didn't hear anything about it until we got to our crag where we were gonna go like go climbing and then we all got service and then all of a sudden we were just like, holy shit, like 
Some yeah. of the county's on fire. You got to get home. So I didn't. I didn't know for like two days. Yep. If yeah. Vertex was still there, but probably for the better. That fucking yeah. place was depressing for. Oh man, I I know. I went there the day after. I went there on Tuesday. I think the fire was on Sunday, and mm-hmm. is dude, shit was still smoldering. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Remember all those cars with like. I do. Yeah. Like I was. I was. Like that fire was so hot. Like aluminum mag. Like like a solid chunk of aluminum wheels turned into a puddle. Was a puddle. Yeah. Yep, and, and then it dried, and then it dried, and it was like a solid thing of aluminum on the ground. Yeah, barbecues were gone. Like it was just like fireplaces and fucking like engine blocks and shit. Dude. Yep. It was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like it was yeah. also like trash night, which is like a random like little thing. So like I'd I'd be going through it, and you just see like melted blue, melted yep. green, no melted shit. gray. Oh, I never yep. put that together. Yeah. There's right in front of my house. If you look at the asphalt, the plastic still melted onto the asphalt yeah I, I know there's shit on your asphalt yeah, i was there <laughs> yeah. the other day picking that gate up and i was like what the fuck is this oh my god this must be like his my trash can wheel, his yeah. wheels or something or, or, or that yeah. yeah yeah my i was working on my beautiful truck i had a 98 dodge oh yeah uh two 2500 cummins five speed had 167,000 original miles on it nice Took it up to Idaho. On my way back, I lost fifth gear. No, it just like oh, it, that'll kill your gas mileage. There's yeah, so I had to come back in fourth gear. What happens is the fifth gear is outside of the outside of the transmission. Okay, and it is just like threaded on to the end mm. with like a, a jam nut. Oh no, and way. it has a tendency to back off, mm. and then you, the gear just like sits there and dangles, so you, right. can, you never can get it. Anyway, I figured it out. I was taking everything apart. That, is this, that is this w- a manual transmission or mm-hmm. not? Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I had a 96 Cummins 2500. Oh. I love that truck, dude. Oh, I think yeah. It was a goddamn tank, but the transmission was definitely like the, the weak link. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you have 90s like interior and stuff like that. But, and paint. And paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah all the, the 90s paint. paint. Actually, yeah. Chevy, yeah. Ford, and Dodge. Yeah. I have a 90s Ford right now, and the paint's peeling off it like yeah. it's a banana. Yeah, it's like the in clear coat, too. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, you just get that funky ass clear coat. I bet you... I would. I'm banking on Mako having like a good, good combination of chemicals that. Mako's pretty solid. Banking on Mako in general. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Just try it. Come on. Yeah, fuck, Technology. I'm currently restoring a 1968 Carmen Ghia Volkswagen. Uh, nice. And so I'm like, I'm thinking about all these things and like, nice. how am I going to restore it? Like, like, what's the end goal? Do I want to do a motor swap? Do I want to, you know, like keep it original or whatever? But yeah, yeah I think I'm gonna go Mako. Like, I've been, I've done my research, and they do legit paint jobs. Like, if you want to drop five grand on a paint job, they'll do that. But yeah. I'm not going to. I'm t- I'm gonna do all the body work myself. Gonna get it basically. Yeah, and they'll and they'll work, work with you. Whereas some body shops, they'll be you? like, nope, we'll prep. We're gonna prep it. Yeah, we're so. doing the body work. Yeah, we're like because mm-hmm. it's like a liability. Thing. What year? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1968 Carmen Ghia K A R R M A N. I mean, they all look basically the same. They all have the same body style. But in my opinion, it's the most handsome Volkswagen ever made. Danny yeah. has one. It's like a it's like a mini Tucker. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. So the so the actual body style, like fun fun fact. So Carmen is an Italian car designer, and uh, um, I think Buick uh, had. A contract with him in the 1950s to create a concept car for it was called the Buick Alant, 
And basically, they built the concept, never made it to market. And Carmen Ghia, or Volkswagen approached Carmen and saying like, hey, we want to build a compact sports car like to expand our brand. Mm-hmm. And they're like, great, we have this little, you know, we have this, we have this like con- this concept car that's that's really cool. And they basically just shrunk it down and use this. Uh, is this a hard top? Yeah, mine is a hard top. Mine's a oh, okay. uh, Sweet. So like that silver one there, yeah. But yeah. So are you gonna do white walls? I'm thinking about it actually. I think white walls are pretty cool. I'm gonna do like oh, yeah. similar wheels. I'm gonna do like yeah, basically similar wheels. Probably no bumper and lowered. Ooh, but that'd be slam. Man. It's pretty, that pretty sweet. Oh, like that yellow one with no bumper? Yeah, yeah, no bumper. Oh, yeah. Looks like a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're beautiful little cars, man. Hell I've, yeah! I've always had an affinity for for those guys. I've always been a classic car guy and a muscle car guy. Like cool. my very first car, I was lucky. Us too. So yeah. My very first car was a 71 Pontiac Le Mans. And nice. I that. Dude, sick. My second car was a 1965 Chevy Fleetside pickup with a 396 and like nice. a Ford 9-inch in the back. How much did you pick it up for? Dude, so cheap. <laughs> Dude, I bought that first car. Okay, so that 64 Chevy, I think we paid 1200 bucks for it. And it had and it had a built 396. Big block. <laughs> It was nice. fucking sick, dude. It was Unheard of now. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, what year was that? It was like 2000. Yeah, it was about mm-hmm. 2000. But like, I know, dude, cars used to be so cheap back in the day. And now, now they're so expensive. Dude, an 80s Chevy pickup, like a two-wheel drive 80 Chevy pickup is six grand. Yeah, yeah. Like just with a bullshit 305 and a three-speed automatic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like dude, what the fuck? Yeah, it's well. I mean, cars cars aren't meant to really be around more than twenty years, and so anything that's over twenty years old is yeah. a collector's item. You yeah, know? yeah. And like you were talking earlier about like how the four fucking Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> about like like you know like EVs are going to be the future. You know, like there is literally government mandates. Like every governmental vehicle by twenty thirty five is going to be electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, GM has said that they're going to do all electric by 2035. So 15, say 14 years from now, all of the vehicles that we have are going to be obsolete. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, it fucking sucks. It does suck. That's and some bullshit. Because if yeah. you look at, uh, pull up next gen fuel. Yeah. How do you, next. all one word. Yep. Next gen and then space fuel. Yeah, dude. This is fucking sick. Tommy, Talks to me about this sometimes. Okay. Go to all. And then home. That home thing. This is fucking. They have pumps in Cloverdale. Oh, really? That serves this, I believe. Well, at least the distributor. This is the way. So if you go to info, Mm -hmm. I was just surfing this earlier today. Tommy knows this. Uh, go down, dude. Sick photo. It's kind of fake panning, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, where? So if we keep going down, keep going down. Um, let's see. Keep going down just a bit. I think we got some good info coming on. Keep going. Nope. All right. Go up just a hair to there. Uh, get facts. Click on that. Get the facts. Get the facts. That's right. right. Next diesel. Because I want to quote this motherfucker. Close now. Uh, let's see. All right. Right there. Go up. Right there. So we have. Read it. Next diesel, renewable diesel versus traditional biodiesel. 
Mm-hmm. This is against biodiesel nonetheless. So this is a hundred percent zero to hundred percent content blend ratio. Uh, can be blended with petroleum diesel, biodiesel, or used directly in any diesel engine. Okay. Uh, meets strictest quality standards set by engine manufacturers uh, under an ASTM code. Uh, specifically reduces greenhouse gases, gas emissions, PMs, uh, parts per million, NOx, nitrous, or NOx. Yeah, <laughs> I forget the actual. With compared with petroleum diesel. So mm-hmm. what is it? I mean, that's... that's. So it's basically it, a super refined version of biodiesel. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. basically vegetable oil. That's mm-hmm. then refined more so. So yeah. So it has less. It, it puts yeah. out less um, carbon into the out, mm-hmm. of, the, out of the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, and what most diesel is worried about is the NOx, mm-hmm. is the NOx emissions, and that's where biodiesel actually increases your NOx emissions, mm-hmm. which is a weird so thing. I'm not, I'm not but, even familiar with NOx NOx uh, emissions. Is that that's also a greenhouse gas? I guess mm-hmm. it must be nitrogen, oxygen, right? Yeah, it's a it's a weird. Yeah, it's some kind of byproduct. I mean, that's mm-hmm. diesels have made like a huge uh, quantum leaps in like technology in the last like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a 2016 Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Diesel gets fucking 25, 25 miles a gallon if I'm babying it. Yeah, it's great gas mileage. And it and then it also has like a secondary burner. So like, you know, your diesel exhaust fluid is like a secondary burner that's burning off all the that particulate matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah, and this this can is potentially better than that. Without def fluid, is better than right regular petroleum diesel with def fluid. Right, right, and and not only that, half ton pickups this year in twenty twenty are being rated at thirty three miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah, on the freeway, that's ridiculous. That's fucking if, crazy. If things yeah. are if things are taking this leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Why would you not well, invest isn't it, in isn't that? Isn't it pertinent to us yeah. to at least keep around at least diesel engines? Yeah, because I think, I think they're going to stick around, honestly, because the range issue with batteries. Gas, no. Diesel, yes. Yeah, gas, yeah. no. Like like town to town transport, like yeah. driving less than ninety I mean, miles. I mean, I want it to stick around. Bit. I'm not. It's not my vote, but I'm just saying, like looking down trail, right? Yeah. I think that diesel and and electric vehicles are going to stay. Yeah, that's what should stay yeah. because yeah. you have, you have, the Sprinter vans, you have mm-hmm. the contractors, you have people the that, that trucks, the semi trucks. Yeah, yeah, the people so that need to go far, far distances and have a small or little to no fill up time. Right. To do. Right. Yeah. To be productive I, in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You, if, you, so. if you even if you have a five hundred mile range like like tractor trailer, like yeah. in but then you have to recharge for two hours or an hour and 45 minutes like the tesla charging stations are 180 volts like they're they're high power units and that's why you can get like a full charge in 45 minutes or so but like even with with a much bigger truck like that's going to be longer and those Mm -hmm. those physics don't change like you can't actually push more current through like the same diode or whatever but Mm Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be. I think. I think definitely we're gonna be seeing like a massive EV change when it comes to like, like regular driving vehicles, and and even even like a change in ownership of vehicles as well as like um, transport as a service. TASS like as a sector is growing massively. So like there's already like Uber and Lyft and 
all those companies they're mm-hmm. already doing auto, fully automated fully electric vehicles where you just pull them up on your phone no there's nobody else in the car with you and then you and then you get a and then you get a ride what yep yeah tass is a huge sector that's like emerging market that's that's happening um what the fuck? Well, it takes yeah. out the creepy fucking yeah. weirdo in there. Yeah. Takes, no, out, no, takes that out of no, the equation. Nobody, nobody's handing you like a fucking... I mean, like which honestly water. makes me fucking or nervous. Or does it? Yeah, it makes me nervous. About I mean, it. people yeah. hack shit all the time. People do hack stuff. And also, too, I mean, there's like... There's footage. Yeah. Like, you just go on YouTube and you type in Tesla, like, driving into a... Into like a... There's, there's one video in particular of a... Tesla Model 3 ramming in br- into the broadside of a tractor trailer that's flipped over on the highway. Just full speed. Boom. No brakes. Basically, the, the cameras didn't recognize that that was a stopped object. They thought it was like, the camera thought it was a bridge because it was no. like, it took up so much of the field of vision that it just thought it was it. And the guy was on autopilot, you know, hands on the wheel, but like not paying you attention. Can't, like playing a yeah. video game. Like, the Tesla, like all the new Teslas, like they they have game consoles in them, so people are literally just playing video games or doing their emails or doing whatever, yeah, while being driven to work. I mean, it's already happening, guys. Like, oh, uh, I it's, mean, it's it makes sense for the normal commuter for yeah. for somebody who doesn't need to tow anything that just needs to get from point A to point B. Yeah, by all means, I finally understood why California is making it a mandate that every new house as of twenty twenty has to have solar because instead of having solar fields every new home is houses are going to be solar fields which is a great idea there's it's wasted space it's wasted square space so mine is better than having solar fields like in our in our forests exactly yeah and then and then on top of that now all the power of that home is accounted for like, so who's and they're giving for that though? Do the homeowners, homeowners. Have, they have to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, a, sense. a reasonable or a yeah, a reasonable size system could cost somewhere between like twelve and fifteen thousand dollars. But then you're also getting like a twenty six percent rebate on top of that, so your cost is coming down to say ten grand. That's with yeah. a big one story house or a small two story house, uh, like the ten grand range. Right with the rebate that you're looking at a 2,000 square foot house. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even like my house. Uh, yeah, you're probably looking closer with six grand, with the rebate, grand, six to eight grand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but for you, you are probably gonna. I don't know. Shot in the dark. Your I'm panels. Your panels so. really old. I don't know if you have enough space in your panel or if you have the capacity. I'd have to redo all yeah. that shit. Yeah, and that's I'd, and I'd have that'd to be some sort of backup system. That'd be the that shit, which you don't have to get a backup to. system. You don't have to. You that's mean, a, like a battery pack. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to get that. I would. That's want an extra. To, I would yeah, want to do that. Dude. And that's usually an extra what three grand, but yeah. it's, probably my rebate. Yeah, probably yeah. the rebate and. Yeah. It gives you a peace of mind. It gives you somewhere to store it. It yeah. zeroes, and the system should zero out your bill for the year. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how much you should be producing Dude, through the sunny months. That's pretty know? amazing. I mean, honestly, I, I think, like, a more distributed, like, electrical grid is is a very good thing for mm-hmm. everyone's, like, health and safety, especially with rolling blackouts. More distributed anything. Yeah, more distributed everything. Anything. But, like, so, like, instead of all the electric, like, electricity production coming out of coal or, like, you know, hydroelectric power plants and stuff, like, if you distribute it across, like, 
every, everybody's rooftop. And then you have these microgrids where if you don't have enough power, but your neighbor's got enough power, you can actually transport that power right there. And then mm-hmm. instead of that 30% loss of energy transfer that you get from transporting over high tension lines, you get like a 10% reduction or whatever. You're basically just saving a lot more energy. And you yeah, have almost them. none if you're just going next door in a suburb. Yeah, exactly. And like you're just, you're, you're saving a lot of electricity and like you just have a more resilient system because... We live in we live in Sonoma County, and like fire fire season is real, and rolling blackouts will be a thing for yes. a bigger period of time. Not a bad which, investment. Which yeah. also you made me think of going back to this whole no fossil fuels thing. Mm-hmm. What are people supposed to do when? All right, that's great and all. We all have solar and stuff, but if there's thick enough smoke, sure, for mm-hmm. five days straight. And your battery bank only lasts three days. Good point. What are you gonna do in Dude, in the next two? But your but the grid is off. Yeah. Like you're dependent on a generator. Right. What's your generator run on? Yeah. Gas. So yeah. and yeah. and that generator could potentially for one day That's of your generator that that uh, generator running for one day five gallons of gasoline could potentially charge your batteries enough to hold you out for another three days yeah, we got to get a solar so well it's it's that's gonna, it's going to be a hybrid system for sure i mean like as of yeah. right now because like yeah the the issue that you bring up the sun doesn't always shine the wind doesn't yeah. always blow no yeah. like you have to you have to have like basically an, an all thing to say thank you i didn't come up with it nuclear nuclear i actually nuclear Dude. is amazing yeah thank you and there's, and there's, i was yeah. i was half expecting you to be like nah fuck nuclear. no no but. no there's like new types of nuclear as well like i can't remember the exact um substrate that they use to actually do the fission reaction to create the steam that fucking hits the impellers that spins the th- turbine mm-hmm. but um yeah no nuclear is amazing there's there there's like new technology that's not plutonium it's not weapon grades plutonium it doesn't have to be like dealt with in like a really harsh like it's like after productive lifespan of of fission like you don't have to deal with it and it and it has almost zero chance of melting down so nuclear <laughs> nuclear is awesome it needs to be it need, shut down all the natural gas i don't give a fuck yeah. shut down all the coal places i don't give a fuck but the power plants that need to stay in effect, I are nuclear. Are one hundred percent nuclear. Yeah. Um, you know, France gets like eighty percent of percent of its energy from nuclear. Eighty. Eighty. Yeah. So nice. 30, like thirty-two percent. One thing I like about the French. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're okay. They're all right. I mean, yeah. you know, just, I don't know. They 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 got dude. They, <laughs> World well. War One, World War Two. The French, they're down, dude. Dude, they were the most they're bad. Down. I don't know. They they're were just down. in it. They were in the trenches, yeah, like full down. on. Yeah, yeah, but I think their age of consent over there is like thirteen, and it just oh, it just rubs me a little creepy. It rubs me a little wrong. No, not Soviet. God damn I, it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but nuclear. Yeah. But nuclear. Go back to nuclear. There's. Did you know? Before I go nuclear. Did you know that they were gonna? They had a. They had plans for a nuclear plant in Bodega Bay. No shit. You didn't know that? Yeah, I know yeah. they have one in uh, Morro Bay, which is like the Central Valley oh, yeah. equivalent of Bodega Bay. Yeah, yeah. It's know. a little shithole bay. But. That. but no, so like if you drive to Bodega Head, 
They're mm-hmm. like you know you drive like on the west side of the of like Bodega Bay, and then you're driving down, and then there's that sharp hairpin turn that's going up, and then you start cl- gaining the hill, and then you like cut back left. Mm-hmm. Right there, there is big excavations, like massive. I haven't holes been there in the in probably two years. No you shit. Go check it out. There's massive holes in the ground. The they were planning on building a Dude. nuclear power plant there. Right there. Oh yeah. Well, what, the reason what a weird place, but you need water. That's the thing. Is like yeah. you need, a, you need a, a lots of water. Like no, because like that's what yeah. keeps it from melting down. Yeah. Right. Like, essentially, cooling. cooling yeah. Like, well, I would guess it's the power plant. Like my, I don't know how power guess. plants work, but basically, it's like you have your plutonium rod that's like burning. It's literally just mm-hmm. burning. Like like. And then what you do is you like put that in a shroud and then you just dump water on it. And then water is like, and then the steam from that heat is turning a turbine and that, and it's essentially the same way like a steam engine works, but you just have like a never ending power source, a power source that just keeps going. Yeah. It's like the radiation off of, off of the, off the radioactive element, whatever it may be. And then there's like a particular element i think it starts with a b but i don't think it's beryllium but the the there's like a bunch of these like rods that go in and out towards it that Mm. cause a a reaction Mm. and heat up the rods yeah and then from that they like cycle the rods in and out Mm -hmm. and that was why chernobyl exploded because in their shutdown sequence the rods actually went closer Oh really? And so it superheated everything. And then it oh. like their shutdown system oh, was like it was programmed to instead of just pulling everything out mm-hmm. and shutting down the heating and it actually gets closer for a moment in time. Mm. And it was it like a melts everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a ca- catastrophic failure. Yeah. But yeah, That's and a then good show. Have you seen the show? Oh, yeah. It was one of my right favorites. Oh, yeah. Started watching it and it was like a it's straight doomsday like it's great for doomsday mockumentary yeah. but yeah. or I guess not really a mockumentary but a dramatized documentary mm-hmm. and yeah. that is it was it was a good follow up because I think it came out right after Game of Thrones did mm-hmm. after Game of Thrones just shit the bed so hard it was like that I needed was, something else dude, and, it, and it came out right after and I was like oh thank god thank god something good <laughs> yeah yeah nice so nice yeah so yeah, I believe in nuclear. Yeah. Um, I'm so. open. I I talked to him about it. And it sounds great. I talked to him about this. It sounds great. Yeah. I I have deaf fluid. Do you have deaf fluid in your van? Yeah. 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 Me too. It's more of a pain in the ass than anything else. But it is. It's it's great if you can fill up at like the tractor trailer fill-ups. Like every time oh, I drive yeah. to Joshua yeah. Tree, they have deaf like on tap. So, I have a yeah. question for you about that. Do you um. How often do you, how frequently do you drive the van? Uh, mostly for trips. Like, so, so it sits a lot of the time. Sits most of the time. Yeah. Is it a, is it a Mercedes? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, does your check engine light come on when it sits for a long time? No, no, yeah. not really. Yeah. So I have a Ram version. So right. it, it, uh, and yeah, you got the brand new truck, dude. Oh no! It's not brand new. No, it's 2018. It's you yeah. got the Ram ProMaster. It's a Ram Eco Diesel. Okay, cool. Um, and I, the thing was with that is it wasn't my primary vehicle for, basically since I had it till two months ago, mm-hmm. um, and so it would sit a lot, and 
what happened was when I would start it up to drive it for the first time in like two weeks, mm-hmm. it, my check engine light would be on. And uh, and it happened we were going to Arizona to his parents' house to stay for our little vacation golfing extravaganza thing. And, uh, dude, my, I fucking left with my check engine light on. And we ran the code with his little code reader. Oh, that's cool that you got that. <laughs> dude, it's so it's, fucking sick. It's, like awesome. it's like a real cheap one for, off of Amazon for like 40 bucks. But you just like plug it into the wiring harness? Yeah. And, it's uh, giving the me all OBD2 underneath the dash? Yeah. Oh, that's it, awesome. It'll clear a code. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I could it, use that actually right now. It's yeah. sick as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's giving We're me it answers yeah. on two different vehicles every time I needed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. codes and... I've saved probably thousands of dollars oh, because sure. of his. I mean, tool. like a lot of the times, yeah. you just need to get those like lights turned off. You know. It's yeah, like, straight up, it, it just hits like the odometer at a certain time or yep. whatever. So yep. what was what was happen? What happens with these things is, um, well, what we believe happens with them is it fucking crystallizes on the O2 sensor or on some sensor in the, in the exhaust, mm-hmm. and because they didn't drive it for two fucking weeks. Oh, really? And. You drive it for like 100 miles, 150 miles, whatever. Out. It goes away. Yeah. Huh. And, I, and I took a shot in the dark. I was like, fuck this. We're going. It's four in the morning right now. We're fucking leaving, dude. We're going to Arizona. Nice. I'm, I'm going to find some shop if it stays on by the time we hit San Jose. Right. But and, it turned off. And yeah. it turned off. Nice. Those, uh, those systems like to be at operating temperature. They're designed to be going down the freeway at like yeah. 75 miles an hour. Right. They want to be hot. Right. And uh, the only reason I ever looked into any of this shit was because my dad had a work truck that he's like, can you fix this? I don't want to take it to a shop. I'll mm-hmm. just pay you to do it. And I was like, okay. And uh, so what happens is the EGR system, you got like the exhaust gases going through it and shit. And it basically is like a collector for all things carbon. Right. So if, and carbon just builds up when it's just not hot enough. Right. And so as long as you keep it hot, it's fine down the system in the exhaust you have an o2 sensor upstream then you have your you might have a knock sensor in there as well then you have that def injector and then you have more sensors in the back mm-hmm. and so what's happening is the exhaust gases are going through it's the the engine's picking up readings of what the exhaust gases what the oxygen and the NOx levels and all the other shit and then it's injecting the def whenever it needs to okay. to to neutralize it because it's picking up a, a reading here and then also downstream. Got it. So if you're not running it hot enough or you're idling all the time or you just Roll got back from or, something. or you got yeah. back from a little putt putt mm-hmm. little trip to the store and now it's sitting, it probably shot off the def, but nothing's hot enough to either burn it or it got stuck on the on the downflow sensors. What's happening to me? And then it just sits there and it just crystallizes on top yeah. of that. And oh. it's not going to burn off until so more death. Yeah. Even or, it oh, might, yeah. that death, I'm not sure if it. Burns if it, when it's in crystalline structure. Yeah. Like once it's, yeah. Like but as soon as, so I don't know if it can melt off by just like, the temperature. I'm not sure what the melting point of it is. Yeah. But if it's already in liquid form and it's crystallized somewhere. If you put more of that liquid on it, it'll turn back to liquid yeah. right. real fast. Right, so it dissolves. It'll dissolve right. into its own solution. Right. So, so it's like if you drive it and it's got it all yeah. crystallized. Well, I you, like it'll, I know it's not your primary vehicle. No, no, no. And it wasn't mine either. And yeah. I had the Ranger was. 
that little tan yeah, yeah. piece of shit that I was driving around. I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it was sick. I sold it. Great for burnout. A Ford Ranger. Yeah. For a fucking Ranger. Yeah, I uh, I was having that problem. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to ask you about that. That's interesting. Like uh, the way that you just you like explained that was how awesome. the works out. Like, <laughs> that was the cleanest way you said that. I think. <laughs> Thanks. That, that, no, seriously, that was really cool because like one of the things I've, that's always tripped me out about death, like that's just like a weird mind fuck, is you like you're pouring it in and you spill a little bit and like almost immediately it becomes a crystalline structure. Yeah. Yep. You're just like oxygen does that I think to it or what something. kind of like crazy volatile chemical is this that it, it goes from liquid state to a crystalline state like literally in seconds yeah 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 it's, it it dry it's like uh really volatile is it like really flammable or combustible it must no i don't it think it is because paint, it isn't because they wouldn't sell it on the shelves yeah. no you're right yeah yeah it's it's kind of like uh i think it has the same kind of uh evaporating Right properties like, like alcohol, alcohol. yeah, yeah, that or kind of shit. Like where it might actually set fire. I don't know. Maybe the next time I buy a jug, I'll Start try it or some hey, shit. That's uh, kind of expensive. <laughs> the next episode of this <laughs> show, dude, like, let's <laughs> go grab some guns and <laughs> yeah. in one of these cups. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my be. my advice for anybody who has a truck with def is if you're if you don't take the freeway often, do it at least. A couple times a week, and just stuff your foot in it. Yeah, yeah. and don't and don't ever let your truck just sit there and idle for oh, yeah. too long. Like yeah. a lot of old, like I have an old diesel, so I could sit there and let it warm up. It wants to sit there and just idle and sure. warm His up. Current forever. truck is sick too. Yeah, but, I have a yeah. What is it? A sixteen, Ford fifteen hundred. Oh, or sorry, Dodge fifteen. Ram fifteen hundred. Jesus Ram Christ, with with an eco diesel. Oh, nice. And I love it. I love the little engine. It, it's a little mm-hmm. kick is, in the pants. Is it a Cummins? The, no, is it's Dodge a, still doing Cummins or no? Because I know like Dodge is still doing Cummins, but that little motor is like a Fiat motor. Uh, one was somewhere. a Fiat, and the other one was another one. Yeah, I think the it's Fiat like was the first one, mm-hmm. and in uh, six, 16 or seventeen, I get we've researched it so much, my numbers get all fucked up. Uh, they switched it. Mm-hmm. Someone else does the motor now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I know like Cummins was uh they were working with like Jeep, right? Like the Jeep like the new um what's it called? Gladiator. Like, you know, the, yep. yeah. the new truck, yeah. like the new Comanche essentially is like mm-hmm. they, they have a diesel option on that and then That's good. The <laughs> Grand Cherokee. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Yeah. Super the Grand rad. Cherokee has the Eco Diesel too, but that's not a Cummins motor. That's the Fiat mm. fucking thing mm-hmm. that I have. Yeah. No, like to be honest, like just to like circle back and go like kind of like ten thousand foot view, the world runs on diesel. Yeah. Like if one hundred percent fuel, you, natural if, fuel. If you well if you've ever been to Southeast Asia, like anywhere in Asia it's all diesel vehicles. Yes. It's diesel. Italy. Bison, anywhere. Like Europe, motorcycles. Yeah. Diesel motorcycles. Diesel cars. That's awesome. I want you, one. You go to. You, yeah. Dude. Yes. For sure. <laughs> like, you, go, you go to anywhere in Europe. It's all diesel vehicles. And you know what? Those cars get 45 miles a gallon. 50 yeah. miles a gallon. Their, their MPG is incredible. Their parts yeah. per million of particulate matter. Not so good. So like it's. I think the thing is, is that the United States has like really fucked up in like what our priorities are what are our priorities is our priorities putting less carbon into the world or particulate matter or putting 17 people in one vehicle 
Or put, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In so, a big giant SUV. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah, for sure. The well, biggest like, vehicles are here. It's, yeah. And the thing is, is that those are actually classified as farm equipment. Like, that's that's why, like, like diesels, the reason why diesels are only in giant trucks is because they're classified as farm equipment because they're over, like, a certain tonnage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why you couldn't like the only vehicles that you can buy that were diesel cars were like vo- like vo- uh, Volkswagens and stuff like that. There's like some really like wacky like sure. ways. Like, Never heard that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's actually like that. Yeah, that's a real thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't know, but the world runs on diesel. Like, yeah. yep. Anywhere in the world you go, you got all of our Rica. all of our tractors. Yeah, all of our heavy equipment. It's all diesel. It's, it just scientifically, diesel motors are more efficient oh, than yeah. yes than mm-hmm. gas motors. Yeah. The efficiency of diesel motors are fifty-five to sixty-five percent, whereas gas motors are uh, forty to fifty percent right. efficiency. So, like yeah, it just and and on top of that, because everything runs on diesel, it's because diesel is a byproduct. Gasoline, yeah. In the refining of it, yeah, yeah. it's like you have this crude oil, and just like whiskey, you have to distill it, Mm -hmm. and as and it's in a column still, Mm -hmm. essentially, and so the very bottom you get like petroleum jelly, and then somewhere towards like the third mark you get diesel fuel, Mm. and then towards the top you get gasoline. Above that, I think you get like kerosene and so on and so forth ethanol yeah. is probably at the very top right. out of petroleum at least layers yep and layers yeah. have layers <laughs> whiskey has layers yeah. um so it's it's just that like you're taking more energy to produce gasoline right. so let's take less energy and just make fucking diesel right if, if you want to keep using petroleum but right. There's other options, and that's yeah. why I think most of the world runs on diesel. Because, what the fuck does restaurants do with biodiesel, with or with, with their that. vegetable oil? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What else is there to do with it? Yeah, you you can't really Alex recycle went to it. Tahoe and back so many fucking times on vegetable mm-hmm. oil. Yeah. He had does, well, vegetable oil. He had a Mercedes uh, sedan thing. So, so his biodiesel is what they're claiming actually produces more of a greenhouse gas than normal diesel. We took it to Tahoe. But that's because often that's because people refine it. Right. In a not in it's, a it's probably well it's inconsistent at the best. Yeah, or it's not like the way they're refining that next gen diesel where right. it's actually yeah. probably going through a refining mm-hmm. like system or yeah. structure yeah. you know yeah so it's it's cleaning it up instead of just like taking oil and then adding a bunch of chemicals and letting it sit literally used to go pick it up behind a fucking mexican restaurant yeah and then he, and then, and then, he, <laughs> and then he well he never it never heated up he never heated it up he only yeah. like added chemicals to it and then it got it uh, to separate i don't know right? what his process was i don't know you gotta ask him that's pretty badass though i mean the fact that oh it's like, awesome i love the idea yeah, yeah. i was thinking I was about like doing 19, it but 19 years old free fuel going with him hell yeah go we'd pack yeah. all that shit in his fucking trunk and we would go down to santa barbara or yeah. over to tahoe and, and it and it probably got him better fuel mileage too. He went I think. like sixty miles an hour, but still yeah. got there for that old 
Mercedes. $300 less. Yeah. $300 less. Yeah, for free, essentially. Dude, yeah. it was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Had yeah. our bikes up there. Yeah, so fucking sick. That sounds really sweet. That sounds like some fun times. Hella fun times. Mm-hmm. Hella fun times, man. I wish that uh, he would come on here. Yeah, we talk this about guy? it. I miss that guy. He's very busy. He's just uh, nah. Running, fuck him. Running Gordon's here. Sonoma. Yeah. 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 One day he'll. Yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. We got Gordon right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, so we went on a major tangent. Yeah, we did yeah. about um, vehicles. I was unaware <laughs> it's that awesome. you were. I love into, cars. Yeah, yeah I yeah. fucking love cars, especially I, here in that you have a Carmen Ghia. Hook, line, and sinker. I mean, like I'm more like yeah. an American muscle car kind of guy, sure. or like a four by four kind of guy. Like I, I've owned like five Suzuki Samurais, and all of them have been built, and like rolled every single one of them. Tommy's got a hard on. Do you got one? Yeah. I, I have one. I've had oh, one yeah. for the last five years. Let me guess, an FJ, like a '89? Nope. It's a '86 Suzuki Samurai. That's early, dude. Unmolested, all natural. All natural. Wow, Mm -hmm. still spring under, huh? Yep. Shit, that's cool. I'm actually gonna keep it that way. Yeah. 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 I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put like a. Yeah, I'm gonna put a little lift on it. I'm put like I think Mm. I'm gonna put Emu springs on it. Old man Emu. Oh yeah, yeah. And then just elongated shackles. Get three inches out of it. Jelly, bro. That's gonna be sick. Put on some like thirty-inch tires. Yep. Go big. (laughs) Go big with thirties. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then I just bought a, a 96 Suzuki Sidekick with a 1.6. Cool. 16 yeah. valve. So nice. that's my, that's going to be my big swap into Sick. that Samurai. Yeah. yeah. I've always like wanted to do the TDI swap. But like, that, that'd I was, be cool. I was thinking about it, but I you was like, like. 3X horsepower, bro. 3X yeah. torque. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, was, too. I was, I was thinking it's about doing the, do, t- I was, yeah. I was going to do that, but they were like, oh, you half minimum three inch lift. Mm-hmm. Then you got to put beefier springs because the engine's so heavy compared to the other Dude, ones. And I was like, like snap, you're going to like probably break like, a fucking, <sighs> yeah. And, it, and not to mention TDI motors are expensive in yeah. comparison. I picked up this 1.6, like the whole, I bought the whole sidekick for a thousand bucks. It's like, eh. that's how much I used to pay. Like my first Suzuki Samurai, I paid $500 for yeah. it. It was, you know, hard top 1989. Yeah, incredible. It was like a really nice little car. They're so fun. They're they're the best cars yeah. around. It, like once again, if you go to Costa Rica or like anywhere, like I went to Bali last year or the year before last, and almost every other vehicle was a Suzuki Samurai. And like they're actually making like the Suzuki Jimmy still, which yeah. is like the new version of the Samurai. Yeah. In like and they're selling it in like the UK, and it looks awesome. It looks just yeah. like a like a what's it the the Mercedes G wagon. It's like so a small G wagon. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Didn't you? Were, you were in Mexico, and you said you saw it, it was like a, oh yeah, nothing no, but Catalina Island, absolutely everywhere. Dude, yeah. there, Catalina nothing Island, nothing but side or samurai. Fucking yeah. block, there was a samurai. Yeah, and I was just taking pictures because we were on a cruise. I've never done a cruise before, but um, uh, me and Brittany and her parents went on a cruise. It was fucking fun and shit. And we uh, talk about giving admissions. Yeah, we stopped. Yeah. We stopped on uh, Catalina Island, and dude, I was taking all these photos of samurais. So I was like, "Dude, Tommy, like, I'm yeah. gotta show Tommy." Yeah, they're all mint. Yeah, like original. 
Yeah. Big. Badass Suzuki Samurais. And then I almost drove it tonight, like, like, too. Oh, oh, like, God, I would have loved to just <sighs> sit in that thing. It just, just, grab, <laughs> just be in the, like, the passenger yeah. seat, grab the oh shit bar that's right here. That's my love, bar, man. Love, that's, my, that's my shit. I love the oh shit that's bar. Our, that's like, that's right our there. hunting wagon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. those things, like, they're incredible crawlers. Like, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, if you throw a locker in it, like, it'll crush. Like, you just do a front yeah. front locker. It's it has a it. front locker, and the, when I bought it, the person had a spool in it already in the oh, rear. Oh, so nice. how's it, the spool like? How's that for drivability? Like terrible. Yeah, it's chirping. Terrible. I hate it. Pop, I pop, hate pop. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get a lunchbox locker for the rear. What's that? What's that? Uh, just like the regular like oh, yeah. four piece locker yeah. that makes big clunking, obnoxious sounds. Yeah. It's either I mean, it's either that or an ARB, and I don't want to spend two grand on a fucking expensive. locker. I don't think you need to. Like, it depends on like how serious of a wheeler. I mean, it sounds if you're if you're not going like with a spring over, and you're not like. That's a good point. You're not going too big. Like you don't even need a locker in the rear, honestly, because if you point. if you have a locker in the front, you're gonna have three out of four wheels moving. Yeah, you're pulling already. You're, yeah, pulling, you're pulling already. already. Yeah. And like yeah. the only good time, point. the only time like axles break is when they're like when they go is backwards up a hill in four wheel drive. That's the only time you're gonna break. Like you have any kind of thing. So like I would yeah. I would say actually I did a. I did a front end rebuild. Like mm. I took everything apart and like put all the new gaskets and shit all the way out because it was leaking. Like mm. the very inner seal was leaking. So I said, yeah. fuck it, I'll do the whole thing. Yeah. As I was taking the burr field apart, which they say the only way to fucking do it is drop it into a vice. You know, you just like drop it from height and it like. And it pops it out. Yeah, because yeah. there's a, there's like a, what do you want to call it? Like a C clip in there right. that just holds the, the, axle shaft inside the knuckle mm -hmm. around the bearings and all you do is you just keep dropping it until it falls out kind of thing yeah. or you bang it out fucking did that it snapped off like the very end because there's all the splines going all the way up and then like the last little bit there's like a gap for that seed clip to fit into oh, no. and it snapped off like the top oh piece of the of the splines oh, and i had to get a whole new axle damn it's like what a stupid fucking design right. it's like that's when i wished it was just a normal american style like u-joint knuckle right. Right, right. <laughs> even though the u-joint knuckles bind all the time yeah if they get pinched too far one mm -hmm. way or the other but it's like <sighs> yeah did you like Can't. upgrade you go chromoly no, no i'm cheap yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cheap. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like putting a bunch of horsepower, like a bunch no. of gear reduction through it. Like, we'll you know. see. Like, do you have a divorce transfer? Or like, did you put in a like a worm gear drive or like? Uh, so one of the things I put on my Samurai was a gear reduction box between the transmission and the and the divorce hmm. transfer case. Have I haven't even seen those. Oh, it's on. It's on. Uh, what's it called? It's the same website that you buy all your like Samurai. low range. Not low range. What is it called? It's like Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Oh. Yeah, so they sell this. It's a gear reduction box that is essentially just like, you know how like Yoda guys put in two transfer cases mm -hmm. and then they get like double four low or double four high, whatever. Yeah, so it, it takes the place of that, that little drive line. That little drive shaft. Yeah, yeah, you drop that out and you okay. pop it up and it, and it literally is a, is a bolt on and you drop your gear reduction by a massive amount. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, no, I went and I bought a whole new transfer case from somebody on Craigslist for like 600 bucks that I had put in the four, was it the 416 
yeah, gear reductions. Yeah. And yeah. and then I just actually I just told Dan this that I had the old transfer case and I was like, I'm not gonna do anything with it. Like I was thinking about putting my like buying the gears and doing it myself just to fuck with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. I'll call up low range, see if they'll take the cord and like give, give you like a rebat. Yeah, yeah give me it. the cord charge for it, you know? Yeah. And I called him up and then they're like, Yeah, just send it here. After like a few weeks, I didn't hear back from him. Called him up. Hey, did you ever get that transfer case? Uh, doesn't seem like anybody's got it. You got the tracking number? No, let me go try and find it. All right, well, we'll try and talk to our our uh, package receiving. He emailed me back that day. I didn't give him his the tracking number. And they're like, no, we haven't gotten it. Mm-hmm. I was like, son of a bitch. So I finally find the tracking number like the next day. And I call him. Hey, here's the tracking number. Uh, he's like, okay, let me see if I can find it. He emailed me back like that night saying, yeah, it's here. Uh, there's 350 bucks in your account now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Wow, these guys sound a little shady though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was low range. That was yeah. like one of the... Yeah, the more... Yeah, the more known. Well, their, their headquarters in is in Utah, and they had me send it to Trail Gear in Fresno. I think there's like a weird kind of like coalition between the two of them yeah. or something. Okay. So, oh yeah, oh of course, Dude. man. Yeah, yeah. Got keep it. me from fucking talking about samurais. I know. <laughs> I'll be here all night. <laughs> Seriously, dude, this is God. the little uh, the stem off. Yeah, yeah. I was actually sitting here thinking. I was like, man, I'm even a little warm in here. I might, I might have to down up on a on an AC unit for that window there, just to like crank that thing. Until cool. everybody's in here, and then once everybody's in here, we shut it off. Just keep the doors closed. So then that way it's not making any noise. That'd be cool. I mean, they're cheap. Those little window units are like 70 bucks. Yeah, there was one. The guy before me had one. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. It was, I, I would I think his office was in here. Oh. Like his desk system was like there and there, like an L desk, and I just think he just trapped himself in here. <laughs> Use that for storage, and then all this was tile storage. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. He was a tile guy. Tile shit. Yeah. Fucking Um, tile guys. Yeah. Um, dude, Gordon. Uh, what? Where? Isn't it crazy how quiet we're talking? Beside, like outside of this, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. Anyways, how? Uh, where's Vertex going? Uh, in the future. Yeah. Well, like, where are you now, and where are you going? Well, I mean, I see a I see a future where there is a rock climbing gym in every town, and in towns big like Sonoma, like Santa Rosa, I see two to three gyms, yeah. easy peasy. If you look at other markets, like if you look at like the germ, like what Germany's done, what Sweden's done, what Switzerland's done, there's rock climbing gyms in every single town. So, I mean, a rock climbing gym is just like any other gym, except for it's way better. It's way more fun. It's way yeah. more engaging, and it has the same services and products that a normal gym would we do like any like decent gym does yoga classes pilates classes strength training personal training and all that stuff so where i see it is vertex we're going to build another gym in santa rosa like off sebastopol road we talked a little bit about it i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but we, we talked did about not it at all no the, okay. what i took from out there is that you are moving Oh, no. So we're going to build a second location. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, the thing is, is that Vertex Coffee Lane is a beautiful, well-constructed rock climbing gym, super functional. It has aged a little bit, but it still is amazing. It's a state-of-the-art gym for the time that it was built. 
Um, and I love it to death and I would never want to like take it. I would never yeah. want to like deconstruct it. it and, yeah. yeah. But our plan is essentially to build a second location um, off uh, like more central Santa Rosa on uh, Sebastopol Road. Uh, yeah. And um, this gym is going to be massive. It's uh, 23,000 square feet with a 35 foot clear height with a 150 foot span in one direction and a 100 foot span in the other direction. And it has parking for 85 parking spots. Nice. The site plan's insane. Like, it's it's really huge. And it's, it's amazing that it's just there. Like, uh, it's... And, like, the landlord, John, he's been... He's an amazing partner in this, like, venture. You know, he's as much of this project as I am, really. Because he's, you know, he's investing in things like a new roof. And he's investing in things like demising walls and, like, insulation. And all the stuff that it takes to, to build to take a warehouse and build it up to code for occupancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's a lot. That's as a contractor, I'm sure you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're building this new gym. And beyond that, I would love to continue to build gyms and just um, be able to bring climbing to more people because it's a fundamental good. Yeah, it's. uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's and it's a it's just a fun business to be in. Um, Yeah, that's a big thing of people whether they'll go to some place or not is proximity mm-hmm. definitely yeah nobody's gonna go drive to a gym that's more than like 35 minutes away yeah that's uh, a hard set fact. that's that's a far way to that's go a to a gym drive, too straight up. i know yeah. i mean i live in i live in west county i live in like west sebastopol off burnside mm-hmm. and it's 30 minutes to or like 25 minutes to, to drive to my gym and yeah. it's like a little bit less to drive to the new location it's like 15 minutes because it's right off highway 12 and yeah it's you super just convenient. It. you just straight to it yeah but um yeah i can see a I can see a future where there's a vertex in runner park there's a vertex in petaluma there's a vertex in san rafael yeah and basically just br- and like you know each one's different what's cool about climbing gyms is like it's not the same cookie cutter thing it's not a starbucks it's not the same thing it's like oh this is the one that has that cool boulder like right the, that yeah. Boulder yeah. thing that i really like oh this one's got that cool rope climbing like terrain that i really like oh this one's got that great strength training area and they also open up at four in the morning which is super cool yeah so. yeah so yeah. like what's yeah. what makes climbing gym school is they all offer the same keep that thing a little closer thing. slide it slide oh it thanks yeah what makes them cool is that they all offer the same type of thing but it's all different in its own way and all very specific and so like if you can create like a cool or if you can create like a unique um a unique feature or something for each one yeah like then it creates its own character and its own community is going to grow around that so definitely yeah and it seems like that idea me too yeah Yeah. and it seems like uh well the 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 holds on your walls Mm -hmm. You can, you can change them up. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So you can always tailor certain styles to a particular gym, or mix and match, or it's just like almost uh, limitless. Definitely, you can do that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so your standard climbing wall <clears throat> is an eight by eight grid of T nuts. So um, it's just like a threaded hole on the backside. It's amazing, like with with the combination of this eight by eight grid, eight by eight inch grid, and then all the different hold positions and whatnot. It's a limitless tapestry in yeah. which you can paint 
any kind of picture and create any kind of problem. Um, And then you add in a third dimension of volumes. Volumes are like this newer aspect to the climbing wall where they're climbing gym world where it's like you're basically bolting on these massive things the size of this table and they're a giant triangle that sticks out. So now you have new angles and geometry which you're climbing around instead of climbing on. So in a combination, like if you have like a good inventory of climbing holds and volumes, you can create any kind of movement, any in any kind of experience. It's it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Damn, That's, so cool. I, like you just started talking and I was just visualizing the whole time you were talking. Oh cool. I was just trying to think of how the fuck do you come up with different holds and different I almost would you'd be better off like a Jackson Pollock painting and you just kind of like throw things at the wall and see if they stick yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so one of the things that makes Vertex great is our route setters. I mean, everybody at every level is pretty damn good at their job, but specifically our route setters are, um, I think a class like in a class of their own in a sense that they've been setting for, it's almost like a trail builder decades yeah exactly for exactly. a mount for mountain biking for sure this is yeah. the closest relationship i have to climbing yeah. so that's why i'm always trying bring to it bring it out yeah yeah no it is similar for yeah. sure today like i was riding like burma and it's like and like where like the berms are and like where the jumps are it's like it's all very thoughtfully laid yes. out you know but yeah um yeah these with like during normal times our route setters are resetting um two to three walls every week and they're putting up around either like 15 rope problems or like 35-ish boulder problems. And so it's a rotating cycle of of like new routes to climb on. Nice. And it really is a full-time job. Yeah, um, I can imagine so. Yeah, and it's like a combination of like artistry and construction worker because you're mm-hmm. going up and down on ladders, yeah. you're like using a impact wrench and you're just yeah, and you're just putting holds on walls, and then you put them up, and you imagine what it works, like how it works, it, but then you actually climb it, and that's called running your routes, and like you make, and so you run it, and then somebody else runs it, and then somebody else runs it, and you get feedback, you're like, oh, we need a foot there, oh, this hold would be better for this five degrees, this yeah. turn this way, and all those little things really make for like a, a pristine trail, a pristine a route, exactly, yeah. like it it makes it so that it flows and like mm-hmm. the movement yeah. is not awkward or like, yeah. or like tweaky flow is huge. Yeah. yeah. And our, uh, our route setters every year before the pandemic, they go to a thing called the setter showdown. It's held up in Oregon at a climbing gym up there and they go there and they, and it's a setter showdown where they strip the entire gym and then they, and then like all the setters put up their own routes and stuff. And our setters year over year have gotten, uh, setter's choice, which is like they don't win the whole thing, but what they win is every other setter likes their setting the best. So nice. it's like it's like the choice for like the guy, the who, setters, for the setters, yeah, for the people who are the professionals is like I'm I'm a professional. I'm seeing you as like yeah. a really amazing. So yeah, Patrick Smithson is our head route setter. He's also a very good friend of mine, and like is a, it like a trade? No, kind of, yeah, a little bit. It, I th- it's becoming far more of a profession than it used to be. Okay. Before it was just, you know, I think I've never heard of the term set like a uh, route setter till you just said it. So. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it totally is a trait. Are they, I mean, they, they are. They have to be climbers, avid climbers. Definitely. Um, do they usually train people how to climb or help? No, them? no. Like they're okay. spec- Like they're like Patrick in particular, our head route setter. Like he is only interested in being a route setter and like in creating the routes and like just nerding out super hard on that. Yeah. He doesn't want to do. Does he do oh, it for multiple one. gyms? Or? No, he only works for us. Yeah. No shit. I mean, he does a little bit of like gig work with people's with home walls yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's what amazing. What a whole other little world. It's a microcosm <laughs> for sure, yeah. and it's like people people get so into it. And like the big players in the rock climbing gym world, like the Touchstones and the Planet Granites, like these are these are you know companies with twelve plus gyms and stuff, and they have route setting crews of a hundred plus people, and they cycle them through all their gyms, and they take them from Sacramento to San Francisco to Berkeley and they like just do and they just set like nonstop. it's a it's a whole thing and each gym has its own style and each person has their own style fucking like, pay the man dude yeah yeah, yeah it's really it's like cool. a trade it seems like yeah. it really is like a trade you can't yeah. just hire anybody to do this you can't. Yeah, no so you've you made me have another goal in my career yeah. find somebody that wants to put a rock wall in so I can call you yeah, get totally. a hold of Patrick yeah, and have him put in the. F- yeah, have him do the first set. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's probably one of the most interesting aspects of of running a gym business is is the route setting. It's yeah. the most. I think it's one of the most creative for sure. You know, you can get creative with your marketing and your messaging and your yeah. and your programs and stuff. I know. So clearly, like you invest in that kind of stuff. You understand what it what branding marketing messaging community you understand the value of that stuff what in like what's your approach in building your community with vertex uh with i mean they kind of tell the story i bet but yeah i mean like honestly just providing the space yeah like the space and the expertise is the i think the foundations of it um just just having the space and being open to the public and being like Oh, you're interested in this? We can teach you. Like yeah. we can like you take a total noob who's never climbed before and in 45 minutes we can teach them how to tie a figure eight follow through knot, put on a rock climbing harness and belay and they're a proficient rock climber. And like granted that's the first step in a journey of a 1000 miles, but it's a step in which yeah, is pretty damn transformative. Perfect. And what's also mm-hmm. really cool about the whole sport and I haven't thought about this in a long time but you totally like um you know sparked my memory is that is that climbing is inherently like intimate activity like say it's like you and i is like we just met today but if we were to go rock climbing and you're like on belay and i'm belaying you my life is in your hands right. and there's like this implicit trust that you that just All, like now that just happens like hey are yeah. we doing this we're doing this all right well then I guess, you know, like, I guess I fucking trust you. Yeah. And, like, you're not going to drop me and stuff. And yeah. so, like, there's, like, this built-in intimacy, which is kind of a weird word to use for it. But yeah, that's but, a good word, I think. But it, but it really builds relationships. And so yeah. you, you don't necessarily need to do more than just provide the space, provide the expertise so you can train it and teach it and have the systems mm-hmm. in place to be yeah. able to do it um, and do it to the best. But it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, people, because, like, if, you know, if you were, like, a climber who was, like, afraid of heights or whatever, 
like that would that intimacy would be even heightened even greater and it's like it's a very quick shift from being like going up to coming down yeah 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 it's almost as if you're like mountain biking yeah and somebody else was holding this handlebars yeah usually yeah straight up dude yeah usually with a new rider uh climbing is easier yeah. And then the downhill is what sketches people out. Oh, definitely. And they and they're like, uh, yeah. yeah. The second that they start going downhill, they it kind of locks up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might with the brakes and your brain. I mean, it, he's a perfect example. Maybe I don't know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah I was I was time, eager to right? go. What was, I was it like? Well, I was eager to go fast because I'm a fucking moron, but I. What kept me from going fast was just not knowing what was ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I would have done the same trail within a two week span, maybe four more times. Yeah. I yeah. I would have been I would have been doing mm-hmm. some nonsensical shit until I fell. Yeah. So it once you know the trail, it seems like that that's you, a huge part of it. You yeah. you lose that. I mean, depending on how how uh, what do you want to call it. Mm, like how scared you are of hurting yourself yeah. or if you don't have that you don't have that uh, I guess that that block that you constantly think you're going to hurt yourself kind of yeah. kind of like the heights thing oh sure like it's, if you, you don't get what I'm trying you, to relate it to yeah, yeah if you don't if you don't <laughs> yeah. get close to the edge mm-hmm. you're not afraid but then once you get close to the edge you're afraid because you're afraid of hurting yourself my yeah. my yeah. my my most vivid memories of climbing are in Santa Barbara and somewhere in a gym and somewhere bouldering out outside and I was there's more than one time where I was like I was surrounded by proper climbers. They were totally like helping me and guiding me and making sure I was safe and all that stuff. It was the perfect scenario for any beginner climber ever. Yeah. But fuck, dude, like when you're climbing up this rock wall in the wild Mm -hmm. and you get there and it's more sketch coming down the backside of that rock than it was going up it, you're like, uh, how the fuck do I get down? And all these super limbered uh like very uh nimble people they just like kind of hop skip and jump down pot and, smoking yogis and i'm oh, yeah. just like there's plenty of pot smoking get down this thing dude how do i get down yeah totally. it's a real thing. i mean and he didn't have a rope on right like you had a rope right on, there's no up, rope there's no on, rope there's no on, rope like, the down climb you don't yeah, have a there's rope, no rope. On. so the consequence is higher it's super sure. high same thing yeah. as mountain biking yeah, for sure. I can take anyone on a ride that's never ridden a mountain bike before. Give them like a, a like I could tailor make their bike rental to them, mm-hmm. almost like a guide could. Yeah. Probably just as good, if not better, and uh, and totally guide them on the climb up. The second we start going down, it all shifts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. Okay. What brake did you say to use again? Like the front brake, right? Like. No, dude. Which one's the front brake? Yeah. <laughs> which one's the which brake lever is the front brake? Yeah. That whole song and dance for sure. So like, uh, I mean, I I have experience with that just recently. So like, since COVID started, my girlfriend and I got way into biking. Like, yeah. she lucked out. She got herself a really sweet road bike, like hand me down, and we road biked a bunch. And we were doing like thirty mile rides, forty mile rides, and then we lucked out again. And a good friend of mine had her old mountain bike, and so we get her mountain biking, and. 
my girlfriend is incredibly confident like as a biker like she's just fast cool. she's nimble she's like a damn athlete she's yeah. a super athlete but the downhill is what freaked her out and she was just like the very first road like mountain bike ride we went on we crushed 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 all the way to the top of Annadale. the legs for days yeah just and then like going, once, going. once she got down she was just like yeah yeah, it was more of a yeah. It was a tough. It was a tough sell. Have but, you done the ride? Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, but now she's like you know, three rides later, four rides later, a month, two months later, she's crushing it downhill. Yeah, she just cool. knows how to go yeah. at, her own pe- at her own pace, and she doesn't have to keep up with me, kind of thing. Perfect. Good. Yeah, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't try and and hold the distance yeah. with that person in front of you. Just. Take your time. Fun. It's fun yeah. holding the distance. Yeah, I mean, when you can, yeah. yeah. I mean, me and my boys, we fucking, I do my best. They're all faster than me, but I do my best to hold the distance, and it's always fun just to fucking ride someone's time. Mm-hmm. It's like flowing shit, and yeah. I don't know. It's just cool. But um, uh, have you done the that ride I was telling you about, up to Corey, down Londale, up Schultz, down Darkside? Uh, no. So, something similar? So today we did today we did two Corey two, and then just straight to Burma. Burma Burma. Yeah, cool. Bar, which yeah, was which was a good dope. ride. But yeah, if we had more time. That's we, like ten miles more or less. Yeah, it's like nine is I think my strava said nine That's a good stretch. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if we were to do like like Lawndale and then Schultz, that'd be probably what, fifteen, sixteen? Probably It's nineteen miles. That's nineteen. That ride I just told you was nineteen miles. Wow. So. Yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah. Dude, uh let's do it sometime. I'd I love that. Yeah. I uh I just did a ride with Joe, my buddy, you know, Joe Hutchinson. Uh we did kind of a strange little ride. We stayed on the west side of the park. It's like very rocky, red dirt. Uh, yeah. minimal pine trees uh, like rough like, yeah very yeah very rocky and steep and kind of sketched and loose mm-hmm. whereas the east side of the park is all pine trees and mm-hmm. mossy and wet all the time and there's salamanders and shit a lot more topsoil yeah a lot of like the old they, they water dog it, yeah mm-hmm. water dogs yeah mm-hmm. the orange bellied they, they call it <laughs> they, they call it hero dirt right yeah this, uh, this was not hero dirt today but it was actually as good as it could be. So yeah. that's what you rode today. Yeah, and it was like eight miles, eight and a half, nine miles. Which uh, where'd you park? What route? Channel Drive, uh-huh. uh, up Cobblestone. Nice. Um, down this trail he found to the and right. Did his was huh? it one of the ones to the right off Cobblestone? Yeah. Yeah. One of them. I've done like a few of them, but this is one I haven't done some way. Some of them are fucking steep. It was dude. fucking sick, dude. I was love it? that shit. Yeah. yeah, hella steep. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I started wearing this this camera because mm. uh, our buddy Chris Terry came in here on the podcast a few episodes ago, mm. and uh, he was. I mean, he's always talking shit to me because he. Uh, I I have the studio, and I I've invested in my business, and I have the proper gear and shit. And um, I envy him because he carries his camera around all the time, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you see him, he has his camera. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? How do you fucking have your camera all the time? How are you not, like, jaded yeah. from doing client work only and all that shit? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I bought this fucking harness that I can ride on my mountain bike with. Dope. And I was so steep that my camera rotated and it came around. It started to come around. I was like, oh, boom, and I hit it like with my elbow, 
And uh, yeah, is but it I, just I, loose? Is it just hanging? It's pretty tight, but it's slid because it's it's not like there's no grip on the bottom side, but right. it, it's it's good. Cool. But I was able to take some photos and shit. Yeah, nice. it was cool. That's awesome. But um, yeah. yeah, I was worried about that when you when you talked about that strap. Yeah, that things would especially doing something so aggressive as downhill. Like yeah. the guy on the fucking ad was like dicking around yeah on they're his, on fire on roads flat fire roads not yeah. climbing fire roads or descending they're flat fire roads yeah nor was he doing 30 plus down a downhill yeah. fire road no dude I jumped at that thing I jumped at that camera no problem nice. and uh, then it was just the steepness it was the gravity that like, rotated Makes it off and, and I was like oh fuck dude <laughs> but having that thing was awesome maybe uh, I don't know I was thinking maybe like having like a clasp that goes from the bottom yeah. to like your middle belt loop. Yeah, yeah. Why not, dude? Why not keep it? It was there. like a piece of material that's like that long. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. But anyway, that's I don't. Cool. Sorry, I get. No, I, I can see how so. like that was a, that was a that was a fun rant. Like I can see how you can get jaded right by doing from doing client work where it's like I just don't want to deal with this shit. You know, like I don't. Yeah, like, it's a pain in the ass. Like, you take it out of the bag, and I sound like a bitch. And I confessed it to him. I was yeah. like, dude, like it fucking sucks. It does suck. Yeah, for sometimes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, <laughs> look yeah. at all the big dogs that are shooting for Sky Vodka or it's like crazy fucking ad campaigns. Like you don't see them taking their shit out. They whip their phone out. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's Fucking true. find somebody. Show them to me. Yeah. Let's see what they're doing for their personal work. Right. It's hard, dude. It's fucking hard. And then Chris from the other side of the confessional said... Don't uh, be a bitch. He said, uh, quit being a bitch, uh, get a strap, and uh, say 10 Hail Marys. You'll yep. Be, you'll and be you got the studio, no excuses, all that kind of shit, which is what I wanted to hear. I needed to hear that right. shit. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I do so much sick shit. But I have nothing to show for it anymore, or like this last year at least. Not yeah. anymore, but this last year. It's like, fuck, man. Yeah, I need to fucking hustle a little bit. It builds the body of work that you want to build. For yeah. For somebody it's the else. best art. Yeah. All the art that's on my website, like the ma- the majority of it that gets me the jobs that I get yeah. are my personal work. Yeah. I love like the I love the, the slideshow that you have of like the mountain bike ride and like how yeah. you're like telling a story of like gonna do this we're gonna do this and then we're gonna have some beers and it's like yeah yeah that's a nice conclusion you know like there's there's story yeah it's a beautiful story story that's all like sold out like through uh through photography yeah that's That's awesome man yeah damn that's the energy dude that Mm -hmm. fucking (laughs) yeah i love that shit yeah just whoa right on the other side through your pants it's a nice (laughs) table who made this table Oh, just some <laughs> Mexican dude. <laughs> it's not a nice that table. We, that we hired. Kind of table, yeah. but it looks cool. Yeah, it works, man. I mean, it's also it's sanded. I like that. Lipstick on a pig, man. Yeah. <laughs> Polishing up turds. Polishing turds. Get them real shiny. Hey, that's what we do around here. Mm-hmm. We just try and make things look presentable. Fake yeah. it till you make it. Totally. Yeah, oh, dude. For sure. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. On everything. With everything, for sure. No, I can't tell you how long I, I felt like I had, like, imposter syndrome for, like, the longest time. You know, I, I couldn't imagine. I have it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, like, an adult doing the thing that I wanted to do and, like, had, you know. You feel bad for climbing on a Tuesday? Yeah. Type of shit, you know what I mean? I felt bad for riding today yeah. at 930 in the morning. It's like, why do I feel bad? Yeah. 
I you should be doing something. You should be like more I'm, productive. Or yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, my girlfriend has to clock in today at this time. Mm-hmm. I do that shit all the time. It's like, oh, I'm Jeez. I'm gonna go play nine holes, or I'm gonna go to the driving range, and it's like, yeah, should I be doing that? But yeah. fuck it. My friend, yeah. our yeah. friend Brad, helped me through that a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's a realtor, and uh, we would go golf all the time, and it's like, I feel like bad for being here, mm-hmm. and now I can't golf because I'm thinking about being feeling bad. Right. What the fuck, dude? Like, I worked hella hard to be here on this Wednesday. Yeah. And I have all my shit booked out for the next two weeks straight. Like, why am I feeling bad about this? Mm-hmm. And it fucking sucks. But it's yeah. just a weird little hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like ambition. Like, you know, like if, if you're somebody who has like a, a, a more than normal level of ambition or like a somewhat high level of ambition, like you want to achieve something in this world and you want to make mm-hmm. a difference and you want to yeah. yeah. change lives. You know, it's like you got to wonder, it's like, are the things that I'm spending my time on, are they valuable? And like in if you're you're making this like, you know, return on investment, like calculation, like all the time. So all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's hard to do shit like that when you see the characters I follow. Obviously, Mm. everybody does Dwayne Johnson. And then you have like Cam Haynes where it's just like it's a constant grind. Yeah. Like you don't Mm. see. I mean. Cam Haynes is a little different because he gets a chunk of his day Mm -hmm. to go run. And, right. But that's what he, his work. But now. that's what he loves. Yeah. yeah. But he loves doing it at the same time. It's it's just he's doing it to go to prepare for hunting right. later in the year. Yeah. And so that's a little different. But then you also have the Rock, who's going into the gym. Yeah. It and, it and it seems go. like work, but that's that's what he loves. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, what do what you love. Is yeah, in your free time is what it seems like, and 100. Yeah. And you just watch. I mean, you have those guys who probably sleep max six hours a night. I would say so. I mean, you gotta and, sleep some. Yeah. So they're they're the outliers, mm-hmm. and I think the days that they say they get three to four hours of sleep are, are like the outlier days that right. that they kind of show off or they tell about because they're fucking tired right they're they're out there grinding they want other people they know there's fucking millions of people mm-hmm. the millions and millions of people that are listening or tuning into their shit yeah they want them to suffer too because <laughs> yeah. well I yeah think, you I, do when you want when you're making posts and shit right yeah i think i think the vast majority of people aren't suffering from suffering too much from a sense of working too hard no you shouldn't I, well, I think I think most people aren't working too hard, generally speaking. I mean, oh, I get what you're saying. As Americans, we do have a very high work ethic. Like we like working. Like more. Like every time I've hung out with like a German or like a, a French person or whatever, like traveling, they're like, "Oh, you don't get three months off a year paid." <laughs> I'm like, no. Nah, no. motherfucker. I no. own my own business. No, I run my own business. And <laughs> I'm losing money right now. But I'm enjoying this. So I guess I'll keep doing it. Yeah. But but I think... I think most people aren't aren't suffering from working too hard. I think actually people could could gain a lot of value in their own lives and in the lives of the people who are around them by working harder, by waking up and going to the gym and working on themselves. So, you know, like whether working on yourself means going to the gym, getting stronger, achieving some kind of fitness goal, learning a new language, 
becoming a better like bookkeeper, whatever, or like, even reading a new book or reading a book. I just started Jocko's yeah. book, extre- like extreme ownership. Like, how is that? It's good. It's probably I'd like to read that sometime or pro- listen to it or something. Yeah. You know? My, my buddy, like let me his copy. I'm, I'm reading like three or four books at the time at, at this moment. And like, this is by far the most interesting book that I'm reading right now, just because, Oh boy, you got some real page turners on your hands then. Dude, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reading another book called the wizard and the prophet. And it's about like climate change and like human, like, like, like basically the earth's like carrying capacity of humans and, and how far we can take this and like how technological changes can like increase carrying capacity. It's quite interesting. Interesting, but probably not but page turner. Super boring. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's like a lot of history. It's kind of cool, but it's also like 700 freaking pages. But Jocko's book is really cool because it's like, it's basically just like it opens up with a, he's in, you know, he's in Iraq with, um, with his team seal team three. And they're like doing this, this, they're basically trying to get some like high level, like Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda guys. Yeah. And stuff. And then like shit goes awry and they have to like do it. And so like books like that are just super, super fun to read, super page turn. Yeah. But it's all about leadership. And like, I mean, ultimately in my life, I would like to become a better leader. I That's like so to crazy. To. You say you brought yeah. that back to you. Is a, I, go sorry. Ahead, Tom. Sorry. I cut you off. I, I just finished the Caesar Milan book. Uh, Caesar's Way. Oh yeah, yeah. It's People all about. Guy. I don't really know him that well, dude. I mean, I, I love. Do dogs. you have Disney Plus? I don't have Disney Plus, dude. That guy. I don't you learn some stars. shit. I don't you get. Yeah. Start don't. from day one on that fucking on that show Season and just one, keep going. You'll one. you'll feel like you're a dog. You you understand you the whisper. Well, you don't feel like you're the whisper, but you feel like you understand dogs really? a lot better. You oh. feel like he's the dog whisperer, and you know why now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. how I felt. I wow. was like, "Oh, people dude, do love this is why one, yeah. he gets it." And are you guys dog owners? Huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Recently yeah. got a puppy myself. Oh, nice. and, yeah. uh, but the, but what <laughs> brought me to there was that leadership. It's a shitload of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shitload. Lots of poops. Lots of pee. All on my carpet. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not the book thing that brought me there, but the leadership thing. It's mm-hmm. it's that ownership, that leadership. Yeah. recipe that is uh, is there yeah like a, so before the podcast we were talking about like governance local governance and getting involved in like uh, you know just helping steer the way that we do business here in Sonoma County and stuff and I couldn't recommend more uh, uh, Leadership Santa Rosa LSR it's a really cool program that's put on by the Rotary Club and it's been going on for 36 years I'm in cool. class 36 and it's it's people from all walks of life who are like, you know, pr- basically professionals from all walks of life, like small business owners like myself or, or doctors and lawyers and accountants and stuff. But it's a deep dive in the business and governance of Sonoma County at large. Like it's not just Santa Rosa. And cool. So you learn how things work and it's super cool. So if yeah. Any, anybody is inter- like, I didn't know about this. The more young people, the more people between our age groups mm-hmm. that get involved with this, the better I think. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know what your particular like political stance is, but mm-hmm. I feel like most of us are somewhere in the libertarian to like independent realm, mm-hmm. where we all think socially is. Socially liberal. Do whatever the fuck you is want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep, that's it. Yeah, Sweet. Good. Awesome. Yep. I'm tagging that bullshit. It's really good. It's um, not bullshit. I'm I'm tagging that for sure, and I'm gonna look into it hardcore. With um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'll and I'll definitely sponsor you like for the next one. Like, oh, I'll, I'll sick. Put, your, put your name in the hat, kind of. Please thing. do. Like, I, I'm about this, it. I knew this shit was like legit when I did my uh, interview for it, and Tom, the mayor of Santa Rosa, was mm-hmm. like one of the interviewers. Tom Schwedhelm. Yeah, yeah. I went to school with his son. Yeah, he's an amazing. He's an amazing guy. He's like super oh, level. Zach Bresick, my boy. Yeah, dude, the president. You know. Yeah, oh, he's oh. he's our age. He's a New York life guy. Oh. Love Zach Bresick. Sorry. I, no, love that guy to death, man. He's fucking awesome. more of a reason to, for you to get in there. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's different, Zach. During, I love you. It's different <laughs> during the pandemic because it's all over Zoom. Right. But it's uh, it's still amazing. I mean, yeah, like, I yeah. adapting very well. So. Yeah, all you these all involved? these groups, all these groups that are in this area that I never knew about until mm-hmm. like the last three months. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for COVID to be over. Eighty yeah. percent to be vaccinated, so that I can get, so we can get in back into these oh, yeah. arenas and like social environments yeah. to network and to talk. And I want to, I I want to talk to people as mm-hmm. far as like understanding their stances, their ideas, mm-hmm. and it just it's hard to convey that over a Zoom call yeah. or a phone call or even uh, hell the the worst is email or social media so to stand there and talk to somebody or to sit here and talk to somebody and look somebody face to face you you see the you see the intricacies in their face when they when they speak about things what they're more passionate about what they're less passionate about and and where their actual stance is and where they're willing to to meet on a level ground Mm -hmm. where we had my cousin in here who's a he's a very far conservative. Okay. But to that effect, more times than not, when he's talked to people who are far liberals, mm-hmm. they, they meet in the they middle meet, yeah. when they, when, when they're having a full on conversation in person. Yeah. But on social media, it's like water and oil. Yeah. 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 So it's, I think most of us want to live in a gray area. We want to live where, because the it's, world it's, is a gray area. Yeah. Why Why is it always binary? Ones or zeros, black and white, red or blue. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't need to be that way. I mean, I think, honestly, most of that shit is manufactured. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, nobody has such extreme points of view. I mean, some people do. But, like, most... I think, like, divisiveness is, like, a profit-driven yeah. incentive when it comes to things like media companies like Fox News, MSNBC. Yeah. Like, they're just... They're, they're basically, it's like, we're going to be, like, Rush Limbaugh changed the thing, changed the entire landscape by being the Republican conservative point of view and just shitting on everybody else and creating, yeah. like, radicalism within the whole thing. And then, Hang in a little bit again. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and so, like, you know, conservative, like, conservatives do that way better than liberals. And, and it, in a sense, and then, and, it seems mostly to be profit driven really it's like you divide and you conquer and most like americans are americans but but recently i would say that like the antifas of the world have now been able to do the same thing as the far conservatives mm -hmm. have been able to do and rally behind what they believe in you know yeah and and that 
that side the antifas of the blm the extreme blms yeah i mean it's all it's all in good meaning but there's some things that the outliers get out of hand yeah yeah in both ends it's just the way that mm-hmm. cookie I crumbles mean, man yeah it's you just, had that's, that's it you had after the george floyd cities were burning and yeah. you had that uh, was Small that all businesses getting just destroyed and uh, that, people are getting murdered and that like yeah. settlement in the middle of Seattle yeah. yeah that happened but then as soon as Trump gets not reelected you have people storming the Capitol yeah so you had like these total polarizations of things happening yeah that, the, but the end result is very similar yeah right yeah it's basically an angry mob yeah radicalism like radicalism and, and, yeah and just, just an not angry mob just like fucking some shit up for doing some bullshit a small yeah. amount of people yeah doing and some people bullshit. coming from all over like all over you know the united states and stuff yeah to, to make it seem like it's a big it, group exactly and it's it's just not it's no. a couple hundred people no. doing well, some <laughs> nonsense. Well, people really yeah. fucking care about is having a roof over their head and clothes and being able to provide for the people they care about, you know, yeah. whether it's their family or friends. And they freedom. Want, and they freedom. Want, they want yeah. freedom to do what they... To do that. Uh, to, to do, do what things. they want yeah. reasonably. Sadly, we are not getting as much freedom as we could be. Like, yeah. California... Like, I have friends who 100%. are gym, gym owners in Tennessee who are gym owners Arizona. in Idaho. Idaho, Arizona... I, I strongly considered like relocating because me and like, you both like it's <laughs> it's just like in this environment it's like how long can I hang on? Like, Listen to four podcasts back. No, yeah, yeah. he was I not was, supposed to be here anymore in California. Yeah, yeah. I was. What are you thinking about going? Arizona, Arizona. Yeah, nice. yeah. I was, my my good friend and tattoo artist who's done all the work on me. He's like he moved to Bisbee, Arizona. I think it's called. It's like Never this old it. mining town. Super old school. Sounds great. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it looks Sounds badass fantastic. from his like social media. But no, I love Arizona. Um, it just after the election happened, I saw mm-hmm. the whole place turn blue, yeah. and it wasn't just the main election. I didn't really give a fuck about that, but I saw a governor get voted in Democrat, and then I saw uh, two Senate seats get voted in Democrat, mm-hmm. which is like almost unheard of in mm-hmm. Arizona, and I was like. That seems like too many people from California are now there, there and is, it scared me. And I, I was like, like I really, don't want to do that. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I don't want to go to California 2.0. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, still, you're going to have much more like like liberal gun laws and everything. Like, you can buy an AR with a fucking without like an with like oh, a yeah. lower one hundred percent. And every the last two time or the last time I went there, I was looking for a thirty round mag for a mini thirty. I wasn't yeah. able to find it, so. I could talk freely on here because I don't have one. Yeah. And uh, same with Oregon. It just it's one of those things that there's no ammo anywhere. Yeah. There's, it's just there's just no ammo. Yeah. It's just an outage overall for anything guns. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's by design or what. I haven't looked into it or thought of it. It's probably pan- it's probably pandemic related. I mean, like just manufacturing. Like, there's well, like a huge yeah, like manufacturing shortfalls based on demand because mm-hmm. so many people pr- purchased firearms who were never firearm owners, especially in the beginning right. of the pandemic. You know, I've been yeah, a firearm a owner since I was 18 years old. You know, my parents weren't hunters or anything like that, but I have family in Montana and they're all firearm owners. And I was like, I'd spend my summers in Montana and, and you yeah, know, shoot 22s and yeah, shooting 22s and doing like, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Sure. So, 
yeah so i think i think there's just like a massive influx in that and yeah if you have ammo that's cool but california is just incredibly restrictive like everything has to be on like literally a sheet you know you can't buy like what is it like a glock you you can't buy anything beyond a third gen glock like it doesn't make any sense there's it's gen 5 now or like uh springfield no springfield xd still thing but it's like it's always changing yeah there's Something yeah. there's literally something just can. like a list of like this is what you can buy and this is that's what you can't cr- buy. Yeah, yeah that's sounds awesome. sounds like, like communism. Communism. <laughs> anyway, sounds like totalitarianism. I mean, like so the difference. I get yeah. That's that's a better term. We got limited time. Oh, we got on time. Where, where are we at? We got, we got we got limited time now. So it's a battery. It's yeah. a battery hurting. Yeah. Let's. Uh, oh, it's oh. time. That means that all that means, hey man, that's all that means is that we got to do a round two, cool. three, four, five, six, yeah, seven. one hundred percent. This is super fun. Yeah, dude. dude. Uh, any closing statements? Dude, we blended like two, like three colors of Play-Doh all in one that was little crazy, fucked dude. up. Like it was nuts. Yeah. We turned it. We turned three colors of Play-Doh <laughs> into a brown. <laughs> <laughs> Brown lives matter. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Dude, Gordon, I loved I've been waiting for this, but I'm so glad that you came. Yeah, dude. Thankful for you yeah. for being I'm here. So it's been so, fun. So yeah. happy to meet cool. you. Thanks for thanks yeah. for creating the space and, and uh, having the platform. It's thanks for coming to the yeah. space after we created it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the space doesn't battle. exist without yeah, our guests. Like you. Yeah, so. totally. So I, I um yeah, I wish you guys the best. I think you guys are doing something really cool, and it's probably going to be, you know, it's, it could be lucrative. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's it fun, man. This is yeah. It, it could be both. Yeah, this started out with us doing stupid shit with our friends with a with like a phone mic in a garage in a garage in yeah. his Holly Park yes. original garage yeah. Yeah, before the fire yeah. burned down. Yeah. And and like I said so. earlier too, just the fact that you guys are doing it. That's like the real thing. Like, you know, like people talk a lot about wanting to do things in their life, but life is all about just doing the thing. And once you're doing yeah. the thing, you become better at the thing and then you be you level up. So Yeah. Stop yeah. wondering, just do. Just do. Yeah, for sure. Saying it and doing it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Come rock climbing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We will. Yeah. I'm gonna tell my girlfriend yeah. she's gonna be so fucking stoked. Yeah. Or maybe she's gonna be a little bummed. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm gonna stoked. make her do it. <laughs> Regardless. Why not? She said she wants to. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the water dog and the buffalo sun. Yes. Yeah, Can't pleasure. wait to have you on. Glad again, to have man. you. It's yeah. and uh, and to see where Vertex goes and uh, I hope I get to keep being a part of it too. So yeah, one hundred percent. I love shooting videos for you, so yeah. it's, it's fun shit. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dan. I mean, yeah, you uh, you bring like a whole new level of professionalism and cool. uh, and like just beauty, like you know, like your videos translate real life to like the two dimensional screen that is the internet. So mm-hmm. you do a really amazing job. So every Let's keep time. doing it. Yeah. That's what uh, I have to say to that. Let's uh, just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on Let's going, keep man. Let's keep getting better and better. And yeah, yeah whatever, man. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Peace. All right. Later. Here, here. Jesus. <laughs>